Well, good evening, supervisors, good evening, staff, good evening, Loudoun. And I'd like to call to order the December 19th, 2023, Loudoun County Board of Supervisors Business Meeting. This room has a hearing loop. If you need hearing assistance, please switch your hearing aid to the telecall mode. If you need a headset, we have those available as well. Please see the clerk to request one. Um, tonight, for the words of inspiration, all I will do is offer a thank you as we um, come to or are now at our last um, meeting for the term. I want to say thank you, especially to the staff um, that I believe is one of the best staffs in all of America, to be honest, and all the work we've done over the past four years. If you just think about the past four years, we have dealt with a lot, um, a hundred year pandem pandemic, an economic downturn, a what I consider was a long overdue reckoning on racial justice in America, and an insurrection, all in the past four years. It's been quite the heavy lift four years, um, and the staff has done a remarkable job. I also want to thank every citizen for all the feedback you've given us. Um, sometimes the feedback is things we want to hear, and sometimes it's not. But that is how um, a representative democracy works, is we hear from the people at all times. And so to all the staff and to all the constituents, to all the citizens, we thank you very much for all the tireless work you put in um, for this year. Having said that, would everyone please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. What, what is happening down here? I think it was a tie today. <laughs> well, Karan had hand Except movements. Supposed to say hand movements this time. Um, supervisors, uh, let me find it so I, you know what I'm going to add and read. Just give me a second. Supervisors, without objection, I'm going to add um, item number six to the agenda. It is a potential mediation of Leesburg annexation claims to the agenda. Um, you received this last night. And so I want to make sure that you know that only part of this motion will be read tonight. The part of the motion that will be read is the, so just so you know which, which, what I'm adding. I move the Board of Supervisors authorize the county attorney and the county administrator to engage in mediation on the issue raised by the September 28, 2022. Notice of intention to petition for annexation of territory in the county of Loudoun, now, now pending before the commission, commission and local government. That, that is the part of the motion, and not only is the part of the motion, that I will be adding to the agenda tonight. Um, there is also a request for an addition to the agenda from Mr. Sains for uh, the December 5th um, board business meeting, meeting item 6I, the Muddy Branch flooding study. So those two things are um, are without objection, addition to the agenda. Mr. Sainz, did I get that correct? Uh, yes, Madam Chair. All right. Um, Mr. Rogers, is there any, do you have any issue with adding now number six to the consent agenda? 
No, Madam Chair. Okay, wonderful. All right, Supervisors, the consent agenda then will be as follows. Item one, resolution of appreciation for the 2020 through 2023 Loudoun County Planning Commission. Item three, uh, item R3, resolution to the Board of Supervisors to honor the life and service of Mr. Charles D. Charlie Grant. Item four, resolution to honor uh, the service of outgoing Blue Ridge District Supervisor Tony Buffington. That's for approval and presentation. Item six is the um, potential mediation of Leesburg annexation claims. Item 1A, appointments and confirmations. Item 2, the AIR report of December 19, 2023. Item 3, contract award, general purpose information, technology, products, and services. Item 4, award authority, increased public safety video surveillance solutions with related equipment, software, and accessories. Item 5, changes to the 2023 county holiday schedule. I think that might be all. That's all. That is all. I will make a motion for to approve the consent agenda. Is there a second? Motion made and seconded by Supervisor Thanes. Discussion on the consent agenda. Miss Umstock. <clears throat> Madam Chair, I just forwarded an email from Mayor Burke on item six uh, to Leo and the board's uh, generic address um, and to Tim and it is very short um, and I'd be happy to read it. Does it impact numbers, item number six? I would like to get a reading from the county attorney as to whether it does or not. I'm hoping it does not. Okay. Um, so for Mayor Burke, would you reiterate that the town does not consent to a delay to the currently scheduled hearing and in addition, both town and commission staff do not agree that there are any legal bases for the county to unilaterally delay by doing the mediation. In other words, we are not willing to delay the already set hearing date and have researched that there is no legal reason to do so. We do agree to have a mediation procedure, but not delay the already set hearing in March. Mr. Le Mr. Rogers, the action the board's taking tonight it will cause will not cause a delay in the hearing. Uh, we are requesting a delay in the hearing and say that the commission does have that ability, but that is not the action taken tonight. If you agree to the mediation, I believe it'll happen as quickly as the second week in January. Thank you. All right. Any discussion on the motion? Ms. Brixman will not be joining us tonight. Um, so um, she, she offers her, her apologies, and especially to you, Mr. Buffington, she offers her apologies for not being here tonight. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? That mo motion will pass 801. Um, organizational updates, the only one I have is um, the one from uh, MVTA. And uh, in addition to doing our ledge agenda, in NVTA, which part of the ledge agenda for NVTA is to ask uh, of two things for the General Assembly. One, to return the $32 million that is still um, um, out, setting out from the 2018 um, uh, legislation that took, uh, had a taking from NVTA and to not take any more money from NVTA. Of course, there was 
and there has been, I think for every regional body, a uh, long discussion about uh, Metro and uh, Metro funding and the met Metro funding shortfall um, and all that can be done, but we do not believe in MVTA that it is appropriate to take more money out of, uh, out of that to cover the Metro funding shortfall. And I don't believe that's a plan right now, but I just want to say that was the discussion we had. So that was the only, only regional uh, discussion besides, um, besides uh, uh, NACO that I had this time. But I do have a fantastic voice for a cause. My voice for a cause today is um, A View from Heaven Farm. Our View from Heaven Farm is a, prof is a nonprofit that provides meaningful employment to people of differing mental and physical abilities, pay a living wage, and grows food using an environmentally sustainable process. The um, head of Our View from Heaven Farm is Mary Sue Conaway, who's going to come to the podium right now. Good evening, Ms. Conaway. How are you doing? Good evening. Thank you for the invitation to join you this evening. Sure. Would you tell me what inspired you to um, start this organization? It was our son, Thomas, who started our inspiration. He's a special needs adult now, graduated from Loudoun Valley High School. And what we noticed when he graduated was a lot of his friends who were also special needs didn't have a place to go. They were interested in doing things. They liked being outside, but they didn't really have that, that place to be, so to speak. And our daughter is a master gardener, and she loves farming. And so we said, hmm, maybe we should put together a nonprofit, which is what we did. And it uh, was uh, approved in November of 2020. And this is our second year of having employees on the farm. And how many, how many um, residents do you believe have, been, have benefited from the services that you provide? That's a good question. We have 20 employees at this point, but we also have touched lives because we have programs that work with the high school, the CAST program out of Woodgrove sends us individuals. Uh, we've had other individuals come and visit. So we've been able to touch a lot of people, not all of whom became employees. Uh, but, the, but, but your employees are, are people who have differing yes. needs. Yes, okay. they have all differing needs, whether it's neurodiverse, physical disability, some emotional, uh, it's, a, it's a whole range of disabilities. Um, if people want to get involved with AV from Heaven's Farm, how can they learn more and get involved? I would suggest that they start by looking at our website, viewofheavenfarm.org. That will give you a lot more background about what we do, how we do sustainable farming, how we have now got a hydroponic greenhouse mm. going and a bakery along with dirt farming. And um, you can see there, you can subscribe and we will be, you'll get access to our blog and to uh, emails. Wow, and especially the hydroponic farm. That's, I think the farming of the future has to be vertical and in water. So that's Indeed. impressive, yeah. And are there any upcoming events or programs you'd like us to know about? Well, like most farms, uh, the farm market ended last Saturday. Um, it's Christmas time, we sold a lot of cookies, but the hydroponics is gonna give us the opportunity to work year round. Mm -hmm. And that means that after Christmas, what we will do is start offering things online. You can order, pre-order, and then have a pickup uh, at our farm market, which is in Percival in front of the old uh, Valley Energy building. Would you please give your contact information so people do want to order? Uh, that, again, it's going to be through the website. Okay. It'll all be published there. And when you subscribe, you get the emails, and all the information will go in the emails. And what's the website address? Viewofheavenfarm.org. 
view of heavenfarm.org, yes, especially this time of the year, what you're doing is so amazing. And, you know, we, we don't we don't quite know yet why there are people with people with differing abilities do better when they are when their hands are in the dirt, so to speak. But we do know that's ac that's actually true. It is. And so it's so important that, that, that you're doing this right now. Uh -huh. Thank you. We, we really enjoy working with this group. And one of the things we really enjoy is seeing how happy parents are because they're 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 uh, children's probably the wrong word because they're not children. Young the adults and sons, yeah. young adults, sons and daughters um, are, are, are smiling and they're happy to be there. Well, and uh, we're happy to have them. Well, Ms. Conway, I don't allow um, clapping very much in the boardroom, but I always do for for, for a cause. So thank you very much for what you're doing. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Mr. Hemstreet, do you have any um, um, comments this evening? Uh, thank you, Chair Randall. I actually have five comments oh. for this evening. <laughs> the first is that, as you know, board members, the county has published the fiscal year 2024 program review, uh, which is a comprehensive inventory and description of Loudoun County government programs, activities, and services with supporting performance measures. The program review also uses the concept of service levels to describe the commitment we make to the community to deliver services and programs at a certain level and a certain quality. I would encourage anyone interested in knowing more about their county government to read the document, which is available at loudon.gov slash program review. Uh, second, to improve service for Loudoun Transit riders, Loudoun County is adjusting schedules on 20 local bus routes that serve the Silver Line Metrorail stations in Loudoun and Fairfax counties. The new schedules are aimed at reducing wait times to better serve riders who need to make connections at the metro stations. The changes take effect January 2nd. All the details are online at loudon.gov slash bus changes. Uh, third, Loudon fire officials would like to remind everyone that holiday decorations can significantly increase the risk of fire in your home. Misuse of candles is a major cause of fires. In fact, December is the peak time of year for home candle fires. Fire officials ask that you candle with care by keeping lighted candles away from anything that can burn and never leave a lighted candle unattended. Uh, fourth, holiday shoppers can plan to take Loudon home for the holidays as part of the Department of Economic Development's Loudon Made, Loudon Grown campaign. There are hundreds of farms and rural businesses in Loudon that offer a variety of unique products and experiences. An online holiday shopping guide can be found at takeloudonhome.org. And then finally, Chair Randall, I, uh, I want to thank the Board of Supervisors uh, from the bottom of my heart for adding a holiday on December 26 uh, in recognition of the hard work that the county workforce has uh, put forth in, in 2023. Uh, you certainly didn't have to do that. Uh, you did it on the consent agenda without comment. Uh, so I did want to, to publicly raise that and to thank the Board for that very generous uh, addition to the holiday schedule for the county workforce. Thank you, Mr. Hemstreet. Okay, supervisors, Miss um, Umstead asked for R2 to come off the consent agenda, so that means I have to separately read the motion for R2, have a separate discussion on the motion, and a separate vote on the motion. So I'm going to read that motion right now so that when we get to resolutions, we can go on and take up that motion. I move the Board of Supervisors approve the resolution of appreciation for Commerce Attorney Buter Biverai providing attachment one to the December 19, 2022 Board of Supervisors business meeting action item. Second. Who's, I think that was Ms. Glass, did you second that? Ms. Glass second that. Um, discussion on the motion. So 
Had I been thinking faster, um, I would have included Ms. Biberai in um, the resolutions for Women's History Month. We've done now four resolutions for Women's History Month this term, and as the first woman to be, in the to be the elected Commonwealth Attorney, it would have been appropriate for me to put her in a Women's History Month resolution. I didn't, and, and I should have. Um, to a large degree, this resolution recognizes that. Um, I don't know that it, that it always matters whether or not you agree with somebody's um, positions or thoughts or ideals or don't agree. The fact that somebody is the first woman breaks barriers, and it breaks barriers for young people and young women who want to come later and after. And, and I think when barriers are broken, um, they are to be recognized. There are times that you know, I may or may not agree with, with whomever on whatever issue, but that doesn't mean that you don't recognize the, um, the milestone that has been reached and has been hit at that moment. If you read this resolution, it is largely based on the fact that she is the first woman to be an elected Commonwealth attorney. And uh, so that is why, um, and when, when, when that was put forward, that was one of the things that was, that was the main thing actually that was said. And if you bother to read the resolution, that's actually in there more than once, in addition to a couple of other things, um, uh, including how diverse her staff is. And so, uh, you know, I don't think we should mix up whether or not somebody, anybody, agrees with a person's ideology or whatever with whether that person broke a barrier. Because those are two different issues. And I think we should be able to, to clearly see the differences of those issues. Any other discussion on the motion? Ms. Amstead, you asked us to take this off to consent. Would you like to discuss it at all? I'm sorry? No. All right, discussion. Okay, no other discussion? Um, all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? No. You a no? You a no? Okay, so the motion is to take it off consent. No, that's not the motion. It's already off consent. The motion is to approve it. To approve the resolution. To approve the resolution. You, you're not. Yeah. The motion is to approve the resolution, not to take. It's already. It didn't go on consent. Miss Umstead took it off consent already. So let me get. Let me just see if you're. In, if you're an eye for approving it, please raise your hand so I can see. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. If you were nay, please raise your hand. So that's a 7-1-1 one, one, um, with Supervisor Umstead voting against and Supervisor Bricksman being off the dais. So that is that has been approved. Okay, uh, let's go on to the next item, which really is just the um, financial year in audit and the strategic initiatives. Um, and then we will we'll take up the resolutions. Actually, we'll take up board comment at 5 o'clock. So would staff come down for the audit, please? Good evening. Good evening. We are ready when you are. All right. Good evening, Chair Randall and board members. 
Uh, we are here tonight to present to you the results of the fiscal year 2023 audit and the year-end financial condition. Here with me tonight to my immediate right is Mr. Steven Shield, Senior Manager, and to my immediate left, Mr. Malieve Sheth, partner with uh, Cherry Beckert. And then to the end uh, is Ms. Elaine Crawford, the Assistant Director for Finance from the Department of Finance and Procurement. After I provide you uh, the brief uh, financial highlights, Mr. Shield and Mr. Sheth will present to you the results of the audit as required by Virginia Code. The county ended fiscal year 2023 in strong financial condition. For fiscal year 2023, the county received an unmodified or clean opinion from Cherry Beckert. So I just wanted to say thank you from the Department of Finance and Procurement to all county leadership and staff that uh, put a good effort and support uh, to the financial audit. The county's financial policy requires that we maintain a reserve equal to no less than 10% of county and Lowney County Public School General Fund operating revenues. 28.8 million was added to the reserve in fiscal year 2023 for a total of 284.8 million, which complies with fiscal policy. The county's fiscal year 2023 general fund revenues exceeded its revised budget by 6.9% or 157.38 million and expenditures were lower than revised budget by 2.4% or 57.9 million. For comparison, in fiscal year 2022, the revenues were higher than revised budget by 3.9% or 79.8 million and expenditures were lower then revised budget by 3.1% or 66.7 million. The funding progress of the county's other post-employment benefits, retire, retiree health care program increased slightly from 83.9% in fiscal year 2022 to 84% in fiscal year 2023. Last, the funding progress of the Volunteer Fire and Rescue Length of Service Awards Program or LOSAP remained constant at 82%. Cherry Beckert will now continue with the audit presentation. Good evening. Good, Good evening. evening. Welcome. Good evening. Uh, thank you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to present the results of the audit. Uh, what we have in front of us is uh, a summary of high level, the results of the audit, but also some of the required communications that are required under the standards to import to those charged in governance, which would be the Board of Supervisors. Um, as you can see on the chart here, um, I report directly to the Board of Supervisors. We work with management um, as part of the audit, but our responsibilities lies with the Board of Supervisors. So any issues that come up during the audit, um, any findings or any of the results of the audit, we are required to communicate to the Board of Supervisors. So um, I'm the lead engagement partner, um, and then Stephen, who has been on this account for a number of years, is the senior managers, um, and then we have the staff, a number of other staff members that are not on the list. Uh, Dan Gogarty is the quality control. Every audit that Cherry Becker does has a second partner review that reviews the work behind me and to ensure the quality is maintained throughout the firm. Um, that's the brief agenda that we'll go through. Next slide, please. Um, so this, this slide is basically the summary of 
the hard work that management and us put together over the weeks. Um, as you know, the management is responsible for the financial statement and related disclosures. Our objective under the audit um, standards is to render an opinion on those financial statements. Um, like George mentioned, uh, it's an unmodified opinion. That's the highest level of assurance independent auditors can provide that the financial statements are free from material misstatements, uh, either due to error or due to fraud. Um, the objective of the audit is to not provide absolute assurance. It's a reasonable assurance that the financial statements are free from material misstatements. Part of the reason why it's not an absolute assurance is we don't test each and every transactions that come through uh, during the year. We test it on a test basis, hence the reasonable assurance. Um, we also audited the financial statement on the government auditing standards. Um, those require us to audit not only uh, look at the internal controls or financial reporting, but also ensure that some of the compliance requirements under the yellow book or governmental auditing standards are in compliance. We did not identify any compliance issues during the year uh, under the audit. Um, the county does spend federal dollars, and that requires a separate compliance audit for the federal monies that the county expends. Um, that report should be available in the next month. We're still going through the single audit in there. Next slide. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the internal controls. Um, so as part of the audit, we review the internal controls um, during the financial statement audit. Though opining on the effectiveness of those internal controls is not the objective of the audit. So you won't see um, anything in the audit opinion that uh, discusses the effectiveness of the controls. But given that, when we look at those controls, if there are any items that um, we found, either part of the internal controls or if there are any other issues that we noted, we would bring that up, of course, to the management but ultimately to the Board of Supervisors for their uh, knowledge also. Next slide. Uh, so basically, if we did find any issues with internal control, there are basically two, two areas we would kind of categorize those. Material weakness, which is the highest level of finding that we can provide, um, and that would mean the control breakdown is such severe that management or employees uh, would not be able to perform their duties and there would be a material misstatement in the financial statements. Uh, significant deficiency is a step down from material weakness, but uh, in aggregate also is um, such that we would, we'll have to report it to uh, the Board of Supervisors. So as you can see, we, can, we did not identify any control deficiencies that come up to a level of material weakness. And of course, there were no significant deficiencies that we identified that uh, we would like to report to the the Board of Supervisors. Um, as part of the audit, we look at a number of things. Uh, we look at the controls, internal controls, but we look at some of the policies and procedures too. And while looking at the travel expenses um, for the county, we noted, and that's a, this is a recommendation, um, that the travel policy at, at that point currently did not include the Board of Supervisors travel expenditures. Um, as I understand now, the board, um, the policy does include, there was revision to the policy for travel, and that does include the Board of Supervisors in there. So that was our recommendation. We issued a separate letter regarding that, um, but it, it does not impact the financial statements in there. Um, and then 
if we did identify any misstatements in terms of corrected misstatements, which would be anything that we would find once we would receive the numbers and disclosures from the financial statements from, manage, uh, from management, we would report here, and there were no uncorrected misstatements um, that were not corrected by management in there. So at this point, I would like to give it over to Stephen so he can go over some of the qualitative aspects of the financial reporting. Stephen? Good evening, everyone. So we, we highlight that in the first note to the financial statements, the county discloses all of its accounting policies. And in relation to note one, there are two other notes highlighting that there were two accounting standards that were implemented in 2023. Uh, the first one, Gatsby statement number 94, deals with public-private and public-public partnerships. And the second standard is Gatsby statement 96, uh, subscription-based information technology arrangements. This standard is very similar to the leases standard that was implemented in the prior fiscal year. So now the county reports a liability for its IT-related subscriptions that it has entered into. Could you give the, GASB is an acronym, could you give the? Yes, the, the GASB stands for Government Accounting Standards Board. It's the body that sets the accounting requirements for state and local governments in Thank the United you. States. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Uh, as part of the audit, we evaluate related party transactions for the entity that is under audit. It's uh, a critical thing that we focus on in connection with any engagement. The, the summary here is that there were no um, issues with how the related party transactions were accounted for. Go to the next slide. There are no transactions entered into by the county that there was a, a lack of authoritative guidance or consensus, so no ambiguity as to how something should be accounted for, and we noted that all of the significant transactions were recorded in the proper period. There was also, sorry, back one slide, Elaine. That's okay, you can click the back arrow, I think, and it'll, on the keyboard. The arrow to the left, yeah. Um, there were also no significant unusual transactions. Those would be items that are outside the ordinary course of business for the county. Good to go. Uh, so within the financial statements, there are many account balances that include estimates to arrive at the amounts that are reported. We highlight here that the estimates are based on management's past and current experience and assumptions of future events, and that actual results may differ. The bullets highlight areas that involve estimates that I mentioned. Uh, examples include unallowance for doubtful accounts, depreciable lives for capital assets, uh, actuarial estimates for pensions, OPEB, which stands for other post-employment benefits, and self-insurance liabilities. Uh, financial statement disclosures we found to be neutral, consistent, clear, easy to understand. We're required to be independent to perform the county's audit under the professional standards that we follow. There is one non-attest service that we provide for the county, and that relates to the data collection form, which is the means by which the results of the federal grant compliance audit is reported to the federal government. As Mollet mentioned, that audit is still in process. Once we issue that report, we will assist with transcribing information from the county's uh, schedule of expenditures of its federal awards, into the data collection form to be certified and submitted. Whenever we perform a non-attest service, 
one key element to ensure that we remain independent is that management identifies an individual to oversee the service we provide and accept responsibility for it. Uh, the next two slides have these four columns on them that contain a variety of items we are required to communicate in connection with the audit. Uh, these are standard type things. There's no, nothing out of the ordinary or of concern here. So I'll, I'll leave them for your review and not speak to them individually. And then next slide. Okay, so the, the financial statements, um, as you've seen, is a, a very large package. It goes on for a couple hundred plus pages. Our audit opinion covers the basic financial statements and the notes to the financial statements, which is a, a relatively small portion of the, the package you've received. This slide clarifies what level our opinion applies to for the other information that's contained within that report. So supplementary information in the first graphic here. Uh, examples of this include the combining statements for say the non-major funds. The county has numerous special revenue and other funds that it reports, but in the basic financial statements, you will only see a few columns. Most of the funds are considered non-major. That simply means that they don't meet a quantitative threshold to be required to be presented separately in the basic statements. Uh, but there is a combining schedule in the back of the package that lists the funds individually, and that total rolls up to the basic statements. So the supplementary information, we issue what's called an in relation to opinion, which essentially means we've audited the basic statements themselves, and we see that the total that's reported there correlates to the combining schedule that's presented further back. The second graphic here summarizes required supplementary information. These are statements or schedules that are required to be presented by generally accepted accounting principles. So GASB pronouncements say you will present a budget to actual comparison for your general fund and major special revenue funds. It also requires trend information for the county's pension and other post-employment benefit plans, for example. The RSI, we do not express an opinion on. We do read it and where numbers tie back to the statements, we check and make sure they are consistent, but our opinion um, does not cover the required supplementary information. And final slide. So anything that is not the basic statements, supplementary information or required supplementary information falls into this category. There's a variety of statistical and other information that's provided to comply with the uh, government finance officers associations certificate program to which the county applies. Uh, so again, we, we look at that information compared to the statements, but our opinion does not cover it. And this is future information on standards that are coming up that will impact the county. Uh, on the, the top left section here, Gatsby Statement 100 deals with accounting changes and error corrections. Of course, that only applies if there is a, an error identified in prior year's financial statements that needs to be dealt with in the current year, or if there is a new standard that needs to be implemented. So it has minimal effect, provided neither of those two situations occur, and essentially provides some clarity on questions of how new standards should be implemented when they impact prior year's information that's presented. And then the top right category, Gatsby Statement 101, deals with compensated absences. 
the, the original standard that dealt with this topic is 20 some odd years old at this point. The world has changed. Many governments provide more than just standard sick and vacation leave. So it was a, a refresher to address uh, changes in the environment for how entities provide leave benefits to their employees and how to account for them. Uh, but the, in the end, there's not expected to be a significant impact on the financial statements as a result of this standard. Any questions for Molive or myself, we'd be happy to hear. Oops. Well, that was very good. Thank you so much. Question supervisors, put your light on, please. Ms. Glass. Thank you, Madam Chair. And thank you for the presentation. When you were talking about the, um, the standards that are, that are going to be changed by um, GASB 100, and you said that it may have a significant impact on our, re our financial reporting. How much time do we have to, um, to work with, with those changes so that we can be updated in the county? So the, the good news is that the two standards that I talked about, good news for your finance staff, um, is that the expectation would be that they'll have minimal effect on the financial statements and therefore there should not be a, a lot of effort required to implement those changes. Uh, statement 100 is applicable in fiscal year 24, and then statement 101 will be in fiscal year 25. Okay. Uh, but statement 100 uh, just provides guidance for if there are accounting changes or error corrections, how do we deal with those? And for example, in the current year, the county implemented the statement 96 that deals with the subscription IT arrangements. So there was a, a liability and an asset that was recorded for the first time related to those agreements. One question that people have when implementing standards like that is, I present management's discussion and analysis with numbers from last year in it for comparison purposes. How do I treat last year's numbers when I implement a new standard this year? Do I have to restate the prior year? Do I leave it as is and acknowledge there's a difference? Um, and so that statement clarifies some of those technical questions when those situations come up. Okay, thank you. And thank you. just to add, Cherry Beckett usually has a lot of training around these new standards as we come closer. So probably in the next six to eight months, there will be more training, which I know Elaine and her group do take part in it. That definitely helps um, kind of getting the ball rolling on what changes should be uh, in, in effect for FY25. Okay. Thank well, you. Thank you all very much. We do appreciate all the work you do um, and appreciate you all being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. And next year. Thank you. <laughs> Supervisors, we have, um, ugh, it's going to be tight. We have 10 minutes before we're going to do the resolutions. And we have one more information item, but that, this, is it possible, Mr. Hemsworth, that that can be done in 10 minutes or that's probably not likely? I believe the information item will likely take more than 10 minutes. I think so too. So let's, so I think we might be able to go to the resolutions of which we have four. Um, so let's see. Well, some might be ready. Um, is, are the people, or is everyone, is anyone or everyone here for the resolution to honor uh, Mr. Grant? Are you here yet? Not yet, Mr. Okay, okay, thank you. Um, well, we definitely, uh, and people to honor Mr. Buffington, I don't see them here yet either. They're coming, right? Yes, okay. And then for the Planning Commission, not here yet. 
not all the planning commissions are here yet. And for Ms. Bibberai, is everyone here for that that we expect are coming? Yes, that's a yes? All right, then we will do that one. Mr. Sains, uh, we will do that one if I have it. Wait a minute, I, I did just have it. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. That, that was Ms. Bibberai? No, that's Loudoun County um, High School. Here it is. Mr. Sainz, will you join me down front, please? There we go. Everybody who wants to be here comes wants to join. You should probably be standing over here. You can do it. Come on, both sides. Both sides, all sides, all around. Hey, how are you? Okay, this is a um, resolution to honor Commonwealth Attorney Buda Bibberai. Whereas Buda Bibberai was, was born in June of six, 1964 to parents of Albanian heritage and spent much of her childhood in New York before relocating to Northern Virginia. And whereas Buda Bibberai obtained a Bachelor's of Science degree from George Mason University in 1987 and her Juris Doctorate in General Legal Studies in 1993 from George Mason University's Antonin Scalia Law School and joined the Loudoun County Bar Association in 1993. And whereas Ms. Bibberai became a senior public defender in Loudoun County in 2000 and served in that position for two years and was a senior partner with Matthew Snow and Laurie Sinclair, both of whom are, ju whom are now judges um, on the Virginia 20th Circuit Court. And whereas Ms. Bibberai served as a general district and juvenile domestic relations district court substitute judge for the 20th Judicial Court Circuit, I'm sorry, Judicial Circuit from 2006 to 2017. And whereas in 2019, Ms. Bibberai ran for office and became the first woman elected, uh, elected and the first immigrant, because she is uh, an Albanian American, and the first Muslim to serve as the Commonwealth Attorney. And whereas Ms. Bibberai describes herself as a visionary who sees the needs of our community to be both safety and justice, and whereas Ms. Bibberai hired the most diverse staff in the history of Loudoun County's Commonwealth Attorney's Office, now, therefore be it resolved that the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors acknowledges the sacrifices and service of Commonwealth Attorneys Buda Bibberai and her staff from 2020 to 2023. I will hand you the mic. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you to the Board of Supervisors. 
and thank you to each and every one of you in Loudoun County for being part of our community. I am honored by this resolution from the Board of Supervisors. It has been both an honor and a privilege to have served as the Commonwealth Attorney for Loudoun County since 2020. This journey has both been challenging and immensely rewarding, and at times, immensely challenging and also rewarding. <laughs> to Loudoun County, I say thank you for entrusting me and electing me to serve as your Commonwealth Attorney. It has been a privilege to be your advocate and to reimagine safety and justice to always see the dignity and humanity of those who are involved in the court system. Together as a community, we have made Loudoun safer. Thank you all for gathering here today, and I appreciate those who have joined um, up here with me, because I do appreciate your support and also all of the dedication that you have given to our team and to our community. December 31st, 2023 marks the end of one chapter and the beginning of another. While I step out of this legal arena, I carry with me the invaluable lessons learned, the relationships forged, and an increased sense of purpose. I'll take a moment of personal privilege and expand this recognition, and Chair Randall also included our team in its uh, conclusionary statement there to say the following, that this recognition is not about beauty bibberide, but it is a recognition of the service of the members of the Office of the Commerce Attorney over the past four years. To my team, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this amazing journey. Our journey has been marked by collaboration, dedication, and a shared commitment to improving the foundations of justice within our community. Your hard work, resilience, and innovative thinking has significantly, significantly contributed. Thank you, ma'am. Mm -hmm. To the successes we have achieved together, whether it was ensuring that our victims are seen and heard, creating outcomes that improve the success of all involved in the justice system, and implementing reforms that reduce the daily jail populations from 425 to less than 250 without increasing recidivism. Each one of you played an integral role in shaping a more just and equitable system. As I stand before you on this occasion, I am reminded of the quote by Theodore Roosevelt that encapsulates the essence of our journey, individually and as a team. It is not the critic who counts. I'm gonna repeat that. It's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. And on my team, about 50% of them are, are, are greater are women. So I'm not gonna say man, but we're gonna incorporate them both. It is the credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Throughout the past four years, I have, we have embraced the challenges, faced the uncertainties, and stood in the arena. Together we have fought for justice and championed the rights of the vulnerable. I have witnessed the extraordinary passion and professionalism that defines each member of our team. And again, I say thank you. Your ability to navigate challenges, find creative solutions, 
and persist, thank you, in the pursuit of justice reform has been nothing short of inspiring. It is a testament to your dedication and the positive impact that we can have when working together towards a common goal, that of community safety and justice. The pursuit of justice is a noble calling. It is a call calling that requires courage, resilience, and an unwavering commitment to the principles of fairness and equality. It has been an honor to serve alongside each and every one of you. In closing, I leave you with these words. The arena may change, but the spirit of a warrior and champion for community endures. May each of you continue to stand in the arena, face the challenges with courage, and strive valiantly for the triumph of justice. To the next administration, I pass the torch to you and hope that you will carry on the tradition of courage, integrity, and unwavering commitment to justice that represents and is worthy of Loudoun. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ms. Beverly. Man in the Arena happens to be one of my favorite poems. So we're going to now take a picture, and I don't know how Mr. Barber wants us to figure this out because it's a lot of people. <laughs>
Everyone who's here for Mr. Grant, come on for, for. So in the end, do you call himself Chaplain Grant or Chief Grant? What, would he, what was Chaplain Grant? That's what I thought. That's always the, um, the prevailing um, title mm -hmm. if you're a man of God. So if you're like Reverend Doctor, it's always Reverend uh, and then he, Doctor. He always called yeah, Chaplain. Chaplain. Amen. Chaplain. Amen. Before I hand this to Miss Glass to read, I can say that there was literally arguing on the floor as to what supervisor got to do this resolution. And I think for the very first time that I can remember, this is literally from every single supervisor's office because um, Chaplain Grant belongs to the whole county. And so this is from the whole county. I'm gonna let Miss Glass read it, but you should know that this is from the entire county. Miss Glass. Thank you, Madam Chair. To honor, the, to honor the life and service of Mr. Charles D. Charlie Grant, whereas the founding pastor of Grace Baptist Church and Grace Christian Academy in Sterling, and at the request of the newly elected sheriff in 1979, Mr. Grant established the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office Chaplain Program and faithfully served as emergency services chaplain, the sole chaplain on call 24 hours a day for nearly ten, 10 years. And whereas Mr. Grant joined the Sterling Volunteer Fire Company, later the Sterling Volunteer Rescue Squad, and founded the Loudoun County Fire and Rescue System Chaplain Program, faithfully serving the organizations for over 40 years, offering com comfort and compassion to families. And whereas he founded the faith-based nonprofit Good Shepherd Alliance in 1983 to provide emergency housing and support for the unhoused, because his compassion for others allowed him to see the need. And whereas Mr. Grant was elected to the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors as the Broad Run District Supervisor in November of 1991, serving one term from January 1992 to December 1995. And whereas Mr. Grant considered this service to others a privilege rather than an obligation and received many awards such as the Stu Plitman First Responder Community Service Award in 2021, which recognizes emergency first responders who demonstrate the highest commitment to fostering positive relationships with the community and was inducted into the Loudoun County Fire and Rescue Hall of Fame in 2007. And whereas Mr. Grant passed away at the age of 87 on Wednesday, December 6, 2023, after serving Loudoun County for over 50 years and will be missed, and remembered as a husband, father, grandfather, chaplain, pastor, volunteer, and a larger-than-life local legend. Now, therefore, be it resolved that Loudoun County Board of Supervisors does hereby recognize and honor the life and service of Mr. Charles D. Charlie Grant. Do you want to say anything so before I pass this on to the family, oh, you want to? Thank you. Um, thank you for that reading, Supervisor Glass. Just real quickly before we pass it on to you guys to say your remarks, just want to say it was an honor to know your father, uh, get to know him over the few years um, that I got to interact with him as a Sterling supervisor. Yeah, I can honestly say he was a remarkable man and lived many lives. Um, he started a charity, started a church, 
had a, a career as a volunteer firefighter, rescue squad, board of supervisor member, obviously father, grandfather to your family as well. And as, as Sylvia closed the, the resolution, a local legend in Sterling, he did many things. And also, I keep I forgot this, because the list can go on. He also started a local transit uh, company that actually served this Loudoun County community before we see it in this current form now. A lot of people forgot that or don't even know that, that he started a local transit here way before it was even you know, uh, a thing. And that served a lot of folks in another way. So he was a man of service, not only for your family, but for Sterling and Loudoun County. So again, he lived a remarkable life and was a re remarkable man. So thank you. Thank you. Um, um, Chief Johnson, Chief L, you guys want to say anything? So just in the time I got to know Charlie, my short time here in Loudoun and then becoming chief, um, this man welcomed everybody with open arms. Um, it, it, I don't know that he had an enemy in the world um, and certainly um, fulfilled all of us, Sterling Rescue, Sterling Fire, and even Loudoun County. Um, Charlie didn't do th things in traditional ways. Uh, most people don't know. He, he started our chaplain program here. We have a very different chaplain program here in Loudoun County. Our chaplains respond on calls. Uh, most of the time they do ceremonial proclamations, ceremonial events. Our chaplains and the, and the group that Charlie formed actually responds on calls. If you have a cardiac arrest, if you have a major emergency, the chaplains are there on the scene no matter what time of night, what time of day, to respond to not only our needs, but to the family needs and the community needs. Charlie could be saying a prayer at an event one minute and be responding with the canteen unit the next minute and, and doing a hundred things uh, for all of us in, in our system. And we are forever grateful for this man. Again, the list goes on, as you said, Supervisor Sains, um, and it's gonna be a great loss for our system. Up until the last day, he was advocating and working towards the betterment of our system, and it never, never ended until uh, he passed. So thank you. So I first met your father at a Sterling volunteer um, banquet. And when somebody came to me, they said, do you want to go to the Sterling Fire Prom? And I had no idea what, <laughs> what that was. And I went, and so many people talked about your father that by the end of the night, I just said, I've got to meet this man. I've got to meet him. And he was gracious and kind and humble. And when I think about the term servant leader, um, I think every single person um, who, who says we are of service in Loudoun County can learn from his from his example and his memory. I I think all of us pale, pale in comparison to what he did for years. The Good Shepherd Alliance has saved people's life, and sometimes just literally just praying with and, so, and for somebody. When when people think there's nobody who cares about me, there's no, no one, you know somebody coming to you and say I will pray with you, I will pray for you, is life changing sometimes. If you think of the thousands of people he prayed with and he prayed for. Um, I think his, his mark on Loudoun County is indelible and forever. And I just appreciate him so much and I appreciate you all being here so much. Well, we appreciate the fact that uh, when we came here in 69, dad instilled in all of us a uh, giving back to the community in, in whatever form. Um, we all followed in his footsteps we, I don't think any of us have come close to filling the shoes that he that he set before us, but he instilled in us that servanthood, and to this day, all of us continue in that aspect. Yep. Thank you. Uh, so, thank you. 
Okay, so Miss Miss Glass, how do you want to hand these out? They're all for the family, so you guys can take. Okay, so there you go. Those are all for the family. <laughs> we signed a few. We are going to um, hold off on the other um, resolutions because I am told that, if not all, most of the planning commission's coming, and they were told to be here somewhere around 5:30. And so we're a little early, and so I want as many um, um, here who plan to come in the room. So we're going to go on and do the next information item. So if staff will come to the table. I am excited to listen um, about the strategic initiatives that we set forward as a board in 2020 and how we've come come along since then. Right. I'm sorry. We do have two people who have come to speak for the public input section. Give me one second and I'll pull those names up. Public input. We have two speakers. 
um, for the 5 p.m., because this is a 5 p.m. public input day, the two speakers we have is Mr. Alsop and Shane Crow. Is Mr. Alsop in the room? Good evening, sir. Yeah, whenever you are. Good evening. You have two and a half minutes. Welcome. Thank you very much. I am Dee Alsop. I'm a resident here in Leesburg. I'm also CEO of a company called Heart and Mind Strategies. We do brand and communications work for uh, companies globally. And I have a personal interest in religion and in faith, and which brings me here today. I'm here to make you aware of a first-time event here in Loudoun County. Uh, America's Quilt of Faith is a local, non-political, civic organization that champions the idea that religion is indispensable to the American project. They are holding their first Religion in Society conference focusing on Loudoun County, Virginia. They are inviting Loudoun County business leaders, nonprofit leaders, elected officials, and local clergy. Um, the conference purpose is to reinforce the idea that religion is a public good that helps to build a more civic Loudoun and can, uh, our civil Loudoun, and can assist in addressing some of our most pass pressing problems. All this while acknowledging that religion and religiously motivated people sometimes do more harm than good. The conference will be featuring University of Pennsylvania expert Kayla Kemp, who will be highlight the religious composition in the county. I've also been asked to speak at the conference. I'm the creator of the National Religious Freedom Index, and I do a study each year looking at American attitudes of tolerance and, 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 and religious freedom. And I'll be focusing my comments on those attitudes here in Loudoun County and how they compare with the rest of our nation. There will also be a panel of local clergy and leaders, including Pastor Tracy Lyons of the Mount Zions United Methodist Church here in Leesburg, Imam Keba Salah of Adams Leesburg, Rabbi Neil Tao of the Congregation Sha'ari uh, Shalom, and President Gomez of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and Sikh Guru Sangat Kaur Khalsa, and Pastor Corey Welts of Percival Baptist Church. They're going to be sharing thoughts about how their faith communities are doing in our religion and our region and opportunities for a greater positive community impact. The conference is going to take place over at the Mount Zion's United Methodist Church just a couple of blocks from here, and that's going to be on January 27th uh, from 10 to 1.30, and lunch is being served. We thank you for the opportunity to get the word out. We ask you to share that information and invite any of you who would like to come to join us. Sir, is there a cost? No cost. No cost. Free. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, and then Shane Crow. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Um, I thank you all again for hearing me discuss ranked choice voting, especially given the um, political circumstances that we live under. Um, it is the, near the end of the year, and I hope that everyone has made some resolutions for the upcoming year. Mine, of course, will be to continue the fight to help transform our electoral process for a more uh, inclusive and cooperative election environment. Because as I've noticed over the coming years, especially, um, a lot of the conversations that I have with my friends and family and members of the community, whenever the topic of politics comes up, it is always um, overshadowed by an air of cynicism, where many of us feel resigned to the insanity and perhaps absurdities that we witness uh, on an ever-increasing basis within our politics. And, and for someone like myself who is like growing into this world, I don't, that's not the kind of world that I want to 
inhabit, one where everyone is, or at least appears to be, at each other's throats, trying to establish dominance instead of trying to work in collaboration for a greater good. Which is why I'm so grateful that many places across the country are making advances in trying to upgrade the way in which we run elections in order to incentivize cooperation instead of division. And not least of which, one of those localities being our neighbors over in Arlington County, where it is my understanding that they will be considering making ranked choice voting the permanent method for running their local primaries. And of course, there are several other localities in Virginia which have taken action to also consider, those also including um, Charlottesville, Albemarle, and Fredericksburg. I would certainly hope that Loudoun County would include itself on that list um, sooner than later. That way, um, when the decision is made, we can give our members of the community um, ample time to learn appreciate and adjust to this simple change in our elections. And of course, in the General Assembly, we have confirmed that our uh, ranked choice voting legislation has been submitted, um, one of which would hopefully expand the local option to include more local offices, constitutional offices, and school board races as well. So I thank you very much for your uh, time and appreciation in listening out with me. I hope to continue this um, endeavor so that we can hopefully build a more perfect union. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Crow. I appreciate that. Um, okay, Ms. Um, McClellan, why don't you come back to the table, if you don't mind, ma'am. I don't think we have any 6 o'clock sign-ups, do we, for, for public comment? No, we don't. Okay. All right. Good evening. Good evening, Madam Chair and members of the board. Um, I am very pleased to bring you your final report out on this board's strategic initiatives for your term. Um, staff, as, as you can see um, highlighted in the item, we've brought you several updates over the course of the term. Um, this is the culminating update. Um, you'll find updates on all of the strategic initiatives, including those that were completed during the board's term. Um, I'd like to say we did a tremendous amount of work at the board's direction um, over these four years um, that the board should be very proud of. This board expanded the traditional strategic initiatives to include new areas such as the environment, collective bargaining, and um, equitable communities. And we made significant progress in all of those areas. Throughout the item, you will see each strategic area and each initiative highlighted. And the most current update is um, listed for you there, as well as some background. Um, I won't go through every one of these, um, but we do have staff in the room from all of these departments to answer any questions or give you any additional information that you don't find in the item. Attachment one to the item is a complete matrix of all of the initiatives, including the status that they are in, whether they are ongoing, in progress, or are completed. And we only have one issue, um, one initiative on that list that is in an on-hold status. Um, but everything else is being worked by staff or has been completed to date. Um, and then you'll find as attachment to a memo from economic development just highlighting some of the um, additional information on the economic development related initiatives. But again, um, the board has made significant progress on these initiatives. Um, over 50% are completed and many are many more are in progress. 
um, again, staff's here to answer any questions that you have. And um, with that, I'll, we'll take whatever questions. Thank you, supervisors. If you have questions, turn your lights on. Mr. Turner. I don't really have a question. I just wanted to commend uh, the whole board. I thought this has been a very productive four years. Commend the staff for all the amazing support you provided. It's been great. I'm particularly proud of the equity measure. I think the, the metric that we developed on equity that can apply to all programs, all county programs, is really unique and um, really has a lot of value and a lot of, um, I think, potential application to uh, county and even state programs and federal programs around the country. We should be really proud of that. I think it was an amazing achievement among a whole uh, litany of really, really strong accomplishments. So th thank you to my colleagues. Thank you to staff for just really great work over the last four years. Thank you. Mr. Saines. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Yeah, um, overall this has been a very productive um, board and obviously we, we can't be productive without our staff. So thank you for everything that you guys have done with the initiatives, but um, initiative 4.7, uh, establishment of a homeless shelter in Eastern Loudoun. You have it as completed, but correct me if I'm wrong, I thought the the initiative was to set up a homeless shelter in Eastern Loudoun County, but from reading it, my understanding is, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, it's more or less a, a day center, a day drop-in center where I can go change my clothes, take a shower, et cetera, but, well, maybe I missed a point, but I thought our vision was to actually have a homeless shelter in Eastern Loudoun that is similar to the setup in, in, in Leesburg where somebody can sleep over overnight. Good evening. Good evening, Ina Fernandez, uh, Director of the Department of Family Services. You are correct, during the, um, when the initiatives were uh, first identified, um, at the time there was no, the data that we had um, show that there was no need for a shelter, but that there was need for a drop-in center. It took a little while to find a space. We were able to go ahead and find a space within the Human Services, the Eastern Human Services Center, and that is to open actually now in January, this, this coming January. Um, and it will be um, managed by the same Nonprofit that manages the drop-in center there in Sterling. I'm sorry, in Leesburg. Oh yeah, but let's talk about that offline because I, I still feel, even though, you know, this is a step in definitely in the right direction to have these services in, in the eastern side. But I, I think we need to expand and, and possibly look again look at having uh, day and night service uh, here in, in, in eastern Loudoun County as well. So we'll, we'll talk about this more. But overall, and like I said, great work all around. Um, so thank you. So that was my, no, Ms. Vanders, you can stay there. And if Ms. Graham is here, she may want to come down as well. That was my question, too, because, um, you know, I've said this before, and when we get to our, our federal ledge program, I'm going to address this further. The Right now, the point-in-time study for all of America is in January, which is completely illogical because if it's cold, people will find some place to probably shelter for a couple of for that night or two nights or whatever. Whereas that doesn't really give a good sense of what the homeless population is. We should do a point in time study in the middle of June or July when it's warmer, we can really tell. And so um, we know that Loudoun County's homeless population ticked up slightly. Now for Loudoun County, that's very low. It's still like the lowest in the region. So ticking up slightly, you know, literally could mean 
six more people, but it still has ticked up. And so I do want to have a further discussion of, of, of you know, how to, how to I, w I guess I, I'm going to ask you to help me to find the language to when we, when we put it in our federal ledge program to change the point in time now. You know, it's a huge, it's a huge lift. But in Loudoun, we do hard things um, to change that point in time survey because it doesn't make any sense to have that in in July. I mean, in January. Miss um, Miss Graham, I had uh, the question on page 24, and it's initiative 4.15. So the response to the Youth State Crisis Stabilization Center, we've gone like back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on this issue. And from what I understand, we only had one solicitation, and that one solicitation was like out of the park as far as the money they w were asking for. So we didn't go with them. And so right now, there is master planning for a, a youth crisis stabilization services I'm asking because I know that this is a huge issue um, uh, in Loudoun County. We have youth homelessness. When I say youth, I'm talking up to age 24, 25, is a, a very, very large issue, and there is not enough services or placements or anything for for youth for youth shelters or youth placements. I know that there are more than one organization working on it. I know Mobile Hope's working on it. I know um, oh my gosh, Mr. Williams, Rob Williams and his organization went by the Williams Center. The Williams Center is also working on that. So we have people working on the on the youth issue. Is the youth homeless problem um, somewhat secondary to a substance abuse problem? Is it that, you know, we have, I know quite a few people who are homeless youth are undocumented. Is it that parents go at 18, you're an adult, which by the way, they're not really an adult at 18, they're just legal. What is going on with the Youth Homeless Center and why do we, I mean, because I think this this one I think is a huge priority and, and almost needs to be kind of fast-tracked. So can you guys talk to me about that one? Either one of you. Um, so 4.15 is actually... Page 15, initiative 4.1, yeah. Yes, it was to originally, I had come to the board to create a crisis stabilization unit for mm -hmm. children and adolescents. Mm -hmm. um, we did put the RFP out twice. Uh, the target population wasn't specifically homeless youth, though, so... Um, I would defer to... I would agree with that, but I, if you don't mind, I think those two things go together. I think when you have a, a home, a, play, a youth that is not stable in their home, they're going to eventually be a homeless youth. That's why I'm asking you both. That's why I asked you both this issue. Okay, okay. Um, well, to just go back to the RFP for the crisis stab unit, it was going to be a short-term five to uh, maximum 14-day stay unit for... A kids experiencing a behavioral health crisis. Um, we did put the RFP out twice. Once we got no response the second time, as the item says, the response was cost prohibitive. And at the same time, the adult access to psychiatric hospitalization took off. So we proceeded to develop um, the Adult Crisis Receiving and Stabilization Center, which is underway. In the meantime, at the regional level, we are looking at a host of other strategies to address substance use disorder and treatment, access to treatment for adolescents and the appropriate build out of crisis receiving and stabilization services for children and adolescents. So in terms of 
just-in-time access to behavioral health treatment to then maybe break some of the cycle that you're referring to where the child might be displaced as a older adolescent due to their behavioral health issues, the access to treatment might break some of that cycle. But in terms of uh, homelessness services to the adolescent population, I'll okay. defer to Ina. So yes, uh, we, the, the, sh the county's shelter does accept youth, anybody 18 and over, uh, younger there with, with family. Again, we had a youth shelter that was not being utilized. There'd go months without any, any kids there at all, maybe one, maybe two. So we have a, um, a vendor, a contract with a local youth shelter. Well, I'm, I'm out of time, but I, I'd like to have this discussion longer because we know they're out there. So the question is, why aren't they utilizing our services? Because we know they're out there. So I'll have, I can, we, can, we, can, we can have a discussion at a long, later time, a longer discussion. Thank you both for all you're doing. Ms. McClone, do you have anything else? No, Madam Chair. That, that's it, then thank you very much. Supervisors, I think... We're going to, you're, you're shaking, I see Jackie shaking her head. Okay, we're gonna go on with the other two resolutions and one is for the Planning Commission and we're gonna do that first because the last one is for Mr. Buffington. And we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, do, we're gonna do that one last. So, you didn't wanna sign your own resolution, Mr. Buffington? Yeah. You should've. <laughs> you're so funny. I was like, they asked me, I was like, no, no, I went beside it. And the phone was all off. Okay, um, the one for the planning commission, where is it? Who has that? Just give me a second. Is this planning commission? There it is. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask the TLUC chair to join me down for the planning commission resolution. I'm letting, I'm gonna have Mr. Um, um, Turner, who is the TLUC chair. I thought it would be more apropos if he read the resolution for the Planning Commission. Well, thank you, Madam Chair, um, and I am proud to do that. Uh, these guys put in a lot of hard work and a lot of hard hours. Um, whereas, over their four-year term, the Planning Commission conducted 55 work sessions and 44 public hearings, many extending into the, late into the night. And whereas over their term, the planning commissioners considered four comprehensive plan amendments, including the widening of and safety improvements to Route 15 and updates to the airport impact overlay district and seven zoning ordinance amendments, including amendments for ground mounted energy generation facilities, the solar energy project at Washington Dulles International Airport, 
short-term residential rentals and prime ag soils standards. And whereas the Planning Commission considered 435 legislative development applications for such projects as One Loudon, Kinkora Village Center, Hogan Kent Green, University Center, Hyde Park, North Terrace Square, and Ravana at the Innovation Station. And whereas the Planning Commission held two public hearings, 17 work sessions, and eight subcommittee meetings reviewing and revisiting the Loudoun County Zoning Ordinance before recommending approval to the Board of Supervisors on June 8, 2023. And whereas during their service, the Planning Commission earned the respect of the Board of Supervisors, County staff, and industry leaders as con contemplative and insightful representatives of the Loudoun community, now therefore be it resolved that the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors wish to express our sincere gratitude for your generosity and dedication in taking an active role in serving our community. We are grateful to citizens like you who are an integral part of our county's health and well-being. So before I hand it to Ms. Frank, I, I have to say, seriously, <laughs> I mean, this, you all experienced everything the board experienced this past four years. You did the had to do the Zoom calls because we were in COVID and all, all those types of things. And when I looked at the body of work you did in four years, it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Mr. Merrithew, I when I learned that you were going to step away, I was like, I don't know what this county building will be without you walking in here at least once um, every couple of, couple of weeks or so. Your um, commitment and long-term dedication to this county has been absolutely phenomenal and I was so happy when Mr. Sainz chose you to be at the Planning Commission and I cannot thank you enough for all the work you've done. Um, uh, <laughs> Chair Frank, more than once I said to Chair Frank, um, do you want to come chair a meeting for me when we're in the middle of, And that was always your response was like, no. But the truth is, you did so much of the hard work. You all did. The, the zoning ordinance rewrite was a huge, huge lift that you all worked on. I mean, the, the board got you know some accolades for it, but the board worked on it for, I don't know, what, um, nine months? Y'all were doing that for like forever. You all did that for such a long time, and you really got it right in the end. So thank you so much. I'm also going to hand this microphone to Jackie so she can say, yes, I am. Stop shaking your head now. Um, so she can say whatever you want to say before we take a picture. I don't know that I have much more to add other than to um, thank all of you, as I tried to do at your meeting earlier this week, for your time. Um, your effort and the many late nights that we all spent together, uh, first with me and then Jackie taking over as liaison earlier well, last year. So um, those of you will be back, we're looking forward to what we're doing again next year. Those of you that aren't, we'll miss you. Um, but best of luck moving forward.
May I please have every supervisor down here, please? May I please have Mr. Buffington's family with us down here, please? May I please have Mr. Rogers and Mr. Hemstreet down here, please? Matt, Kristen, everyone down here, yes. Where's your other son? They're not all here. Where are they? Oh, clearly, they're not all here. <laughs> no, no, there's. Oh, yeah, let's not bring, let's not, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Are you going to cry? You don't cry, I don't cry. How's that sound? All right. <laughs> <laughs> you might cry. <laughs> um. You're, you got the right shoes on, though. Those are good shoes. I like the shoes. Okay. Although it's comfortable. I go for comfort. <laughs> Yeah, um, your wife just asked me if I was going to cry. I'm like, I won't cry if she doesn't cry. So deal. Okay, stop it. Just stop. <laughs> She's already started. Okay. Can we get Christy and Robin up here? We absolutely can get Christy and Robin up here. So, see, there's other cameras in the room. Glenn, Glenn will take it. Glenn takes great pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of picture takers. All right. All right, resolution for Supervisor Tony Buffington. Whereas Supervisor Tony Buffington was elected to the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors as the Blue Ridge District Supervisor in November of 2015, serving two terms from January 2016 to December 2023, representing the largest district in Loudoun County in terms of land area, population, and the burst zoning districts and where Supervisor Buffington has been instrumental in preserving Loudoun's rural areas and supporting its towns and villages while ensuring a strong rural economy and high quality of life for residents during the comprehensive plan update process in 2019 and the zoning ordinance rewrite in 2023. And whereas Supervisor Buffington continually fought to implement in, um, individualized solutions for numerous transportation initiatives throughout the Blue Ridge District and designed to improve safety and reduce traffic congestion. And whereas while addressing the lack of broadband services throughout Western Loudoun, Supervisor Buffington was a leading voice for the broadband initiative to improve and fund the effort to provide new fiber to the home services, to the homes that's, that for the communities that he serviced. And whereas Supervisor Buffington found new locations for construction, uh, construction of the Alden, Aldi fire station actively worked on saving the Aldi assemblage. Oh God. <laughs> Aldi assemblage properties from destruction and subsequently supported the sale of the Piedmont Environmental Council for restoration and preservation. And where Supervisor Buffington has been honored as a Virginia Piedmont Heritage Area Heritage Hero in 2023 
received the 2018 Friends of Blue Ridge Mountain Awards for his Conservation Eastman Assistance Initiative and was voted Loudon Now's favorite public servant in 2017. And where Supervisor Burfington has been a collaborative, helpful, positive, unifying and productive member of the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors and has always treated county staff with the utmost respect. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors and the county staff appreciate and honor Supervisor Tony Buffington for his service and sends him our best wishes as he departs the board for other opportunities. So I um, took the opportunity to say that all I want to say to you last week, and I did that on purpose, and so I don't do it again tonight and start crying. But I am going to ask other people to speak, and I'm going to start, if he doesn't mind, with Mr. Hempstreet. Supervisor Buffington, uh, it's been a pleasure to work with you. Uh, I think looking back and uh, hearing the Chair Randall read the resolution just reminded me of uh, one of the larger projects we worked on with respect to the Aldi Fire Station and securing the, uh, the new site or the site that they've broken ground on. Uh, you know, thank you for all of your help on that one. That, you know, that, that project in particular is a very, a very dear one to me because it was uh, in my first year or so where the, the first Aldi fire station effort was actually, we received the bids on it and then that the lawsuit came and we lost that site and then we spent the next uh, 10 or 12 years looking for another site and then bought a couple sites along the way. Uh, so that, that was a big deal. So thank you for all of your help on that. Uh, we've also had a number of uh, other things we've worked on in your district. Um, we're at relative peace right now on one of them, so I think I'll <laughs> refrain from saying anything else. So, uh, but, but thank you. And then, as I said earlier, we've, I'll have some more to say in a few minutes. Thank you. Um, Tony, I believe that uh, we will all be requiring uh, frequent briefings uh, from the Loudoun Water Board. So we're, we're expecting to reach out to you and have you reach out to us on a regular basis because, okay, <laughs> yeah, I do. But we are going to miss you very, very much. You have been a complete joy for the whole time that all of us have known you. And um, please stay in touch, um, both of you. Um, you've had wonderful staff. Um, I don't think anybody could have had a better staff, but um, thank you for doing everything you've done for all of us. Uh, Tony, my, my really good friend, uh, will continue to be my good friend, I hope. Um, you get so much accolades and attention, and rightfully, for all the work that you do for Western Loudoun, but 
your district comes all the way down to touch mine in southeast Loudoun. And so I just want to focus for a minute on the uh, incredible partnership that we've had over eight years uh, working together on really significant, really substantial transportation, transformative projects that you've been right there with every step of the way, uh, supporting and helping, uh, getting community support and uh, helping to do the planning and all that, all those kinds of things. So uh, that's going to be a big part of your legacy as well that um, I will get to benefit from uh, continuing as the Dulles supervisor. So uh, besides that, as Kristen said, um, just a, a great person to have on the board. Uh, when we get into our dinner, maybe we can recount your, uh, your 2019 uh, convention speech, which popped in my head when we were talking about your support for county employees. <laughs> Not gonna do that now here in the boardroom, but uh, it really, uh, it was a great moment and uh, I just appreciate you so much. So, so, so glad we get to serve. Tony, we really are going to miss you. I'm going to miss you for the kind words that you always give me. Um, you know, it, at the very beginning, when, you, when I first started this term, I was reading a lot. And um, you were one of the people who gave me the courage or in, encouraged me to, to not use my papers all the time. There are other people on the board as well, a couple other people. but. Um, you know, you would come by and just say a kind word, and I really appreciate that. You are just a wonderful person, and we're really going to miss you. You're also a very funny person. Oh, my Don't goodness. Tell him that. <laughs> he just has quips, and you're like, did he, he just said that? <laughs> so we're really going to miss you. So, Tony, I, uh, I don't know whether to thank you or curse you. Given that, now oh, I get to represent a lot of the great work that you've laid down, and there's a lot of work in front. But I mean, you have done tremendous work, and I'm so appreciative for um, the work you've done in Western Loudoun. You've been a comrade in arms in many ways. Uh, when we would uh, get some of the stuff done, thank you for really shouldering the whole broadband with uh, me and my office and um, your office. It was, and of course the rest of the board. But you know, you helped helped us lead the charge on that. Um, which I think is going to really benefit Western Loudoun in, into long time into the future. Um, you know, <laughs> I uh, will be calling you a lot, I'm sure, when I have questions or get your advice. So please don't. I know you're only a phone call away. Um, I uh, appreciate um, your staff and all that we've done working with my staff and on the Western Loudoun things. Um, I think you have, you're, you're a really good judge of uh, character. Um, obviously, I know your wife over there. They say behind every great man is a surprised woman. But <laughs> um, you got great kids. And um, I think probably the thing I'm going to miss most with you not being on the board is your frank discussions during closed session. Or comments, I should say, which are in closed session, so I can't share them with anybody. But man, God bless you. Yeah, God. I mean, you are a former cop, so you know. God bless you, and um, wish you the best. And uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, Tony, uh, Tony was my vice chair on TLUC, and uh, we carved a pretty good path, I think. And TLUC did some things that uh, TLUC probably hasn't ventured to do before. 
I'm always in awe of a supervisor that can use the F word like a comma and get away with it. I, I don't understand how you can get away with that stuff. None of us would get away with it, but you do all the time. <laughs> I was going to save it for the dinner, but what the heck, you know? Um, I, I love that you tell it like it is. Uh, you're pretty down to earth, and, and we can always count on you for an honest opinion, and that means a lot in, in this kind of charged environment. That means a lot, so thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes, David. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Madam Chair, I'd be uh, remiss if um, I wasn't to uh, recognize uh, Tony Buffington, Supervisor Buffington, uh, for his dedication and commitment. Uh, to the town of Percival. So I'm speaking on behalf of uh, its 10,000 citizens. Uh, I had the pleasure to work with uh, a Tony from 2018 to 2023, and he was a, uh, a, um, just a, a, a partner uh, with all our council members, with uh, my administrative team, uh, on a number of initiatives that we accomplished between town and county. But most of all, and I had recognized this in the town of Percival, and a lot of folks in our community didn't realize that Tony is a hero among us. Mm -hmm. Because Tony, uh, Supervisor Buffington, was also a Capitol Police officer defending the peaceful transfer of power during the January 6th insurrection. And he and his fellow colleagues, men and women, stood their ground. And uh, it was Mr. Buffington, Supervisor Buffington, Capitol Police Officer Buffington, that protected the uh, con congressional leaders and the senators, including the vice president, leading them to safety. And so we owe Mr. Buffington and his fellow, uh, fellow officers a debt of gratitude for protecting democracy for the future of our country. Thank you, Tony. Well, I wasn't going to speak, but I'm going to try really hard not to do that. But I thank you for bringing me back to the board and for working together and mostly on the conservation easement grant program. We've made such strides with it, and we have a whole green belt below Percival now that we wouldn't have had without that. And I'm really grateful, and I feel like I can leave knowing that we really did some good things. And thank you for that. Yeah. So I'll just say <laughs> it was a pleasure working with you, Tony, Supervisor Buffington. I remember when we all got elected in 2015. You know, I reached out, called, we had a good conversation. We really didn't know each other at all, but I think over these last few years, we've definitely gotten to know each other uh, a lot. As Chair Randall mentioned, we did, we went on a few mandates because uh, Supervisor Buffington and I, for a period of time, we were the only um, single guys on the on the board, so we... <laughs> and, and we're dating actively, but, you know, we, we hung out a few times. <laughs> so so we, we, we enjoyed... We, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, thanks, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> uh, 
Tony also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, for the record, I'm gonna miss uh, comic relief from Mr. Buffington as well. As I, like to, I like to provide comic relief and lighten it up and you, you've done the same, so I'm gonna miss that. Um, but also, I'll just say that in the first term, obviously the board makeup was a lot different, but I know if I had a, if I had a uh, item on the agenda, there was a couple of phone calls I would make and, and Buffington was one of them to, to speak about the item. Why, why am I doing it? Here's what's going on and can I have your support? And I would say 10 out of 10 times you gave me that support and I really appreciate that because you looked past the, the political divide and just looked at the item and said, you know, okay, yep, this makes sense. This is a good item and I'm gonna support you on that. So I, I really appreciate that. And that shows that, you know, at the end of the day, that's what, that's what all this is about. So I appreciate that and as, uh, uh, David mentioned earlier, I remember on that day in January 6th, um, Loudon held their breath because a lot of people knew what your day job, your service was. And I remember receiving a lot of texts and phone calls asking for individuals that we know in, in our personal lives that are down there. And, and you were one of them that Loudon, a lot of people reached out and asked, have you heard from Supervisor Buffington? And so I was glad to hear that you were safe that day. And thank you for your service. And thank you for your service to Loudon County. So good job. Thank you, brother. <laughs> so I actually want to say something to your wife. Um, I remember when they were going on their mandates, um, <laughs> and we were in a meeting, and Karan said to Tony, "Man, you want to go on a mandate tonight?" <laughs> That's what they called him. That's what they called him. And Tony goes, "I got a date with a woman tonight." <laughs> Like a couple of weeks later, we're on the dais, and and you know you know we're, you know we're taking a while, and, and Tony goes, we gotta hurry up, we gotta hurry up, we gotta hurry up. I got a date, and I said, well, the same lady had a date with the other night, and he goes, yeah, and I was like, that's when I knew, that's when I knew. <laughs> I was like, so you 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 blew off Quran, and you're making us hurry, <laughs> and that's when I knew. Um, I also remember so well, after January 6th, um, you and I um, packing the truck to send um, to, the, to, to the donations and how many it was. And it was, it was January, so it was cold out there. And we were out there for a very long time with people coming and bringing donations and then, and then the kids putting them on the truck and all of us putting the truck and then you went and stayed down there. And I just remember how, like, like, it was amazing to me that you had decided to do that at that moment to support all the Capitol Police officers by, tr by packing that truck, getting those donations, and taking them down to DC, because they couldn't leave. I remember that so well. Um, you all also put Elizabeth in my life, <laughs> which I am continually grateful for you all putting Elizabeth in my life. The only thing you have now to do is on the 6th of January, we have our installation gala. I'm gonna ask Tony to wobble on that night. So I'm gonna need you. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to try to wobble. <laughs> before, before we get there. Um, I said what I was gonna say to you last week and all I would say is we're friends for life and I love you. Well, you all are too kind and funny, and I appreciate that. Um, I got to start by thanking my wife, Christina. Honey, I couldn't do it without you. And thank you for 
putting up with my political life <laughs> and all of the other things that I do. Um, I just couldn't do it without you, and I love you so much. And you mean everything to me, so thank you. Um, to my staff, I also could not have done this without you too. And there's several others, but um, you all have been amazing, and I love you both, and thank you so much. And Christy, I know you're going to have a long career here. Um, you do amazing work, and I look forward to watching you continue to thrive. And Robin, uh, I don't know if you're retiring. Some, another board member today asked me what I thought about them hiring you part-time for projects. So we'll see. But regardless, uh, you have been amazing. And if, there's, if, you, if you have a project in Western Loudoun that you want to get done that Robin agrees with, <laughs> put her on it. Put her on it. And she has her own way of getting that project done pretty much no matter what it takes. And so, uh, Robin and, and Christy, you're, you, you two are uh, friends of mine for life. If you ever need anything, you know who to call. Uh, and to my colleagues, well, let me talk Mr. Hemstreet and Mr. Rogers uh, first. You all are amazing. Um, you run an amazing county staff. I am constantly amazed, especially in the first term because it's, it's new to me, but in the second term as well, and through COVID, uh, we never missed a meeting. It, it is amazing the amount of work that this county staff accomplishes and the, the quality of the work that they accomplish. It, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it anywhere else that I've worked. Um, I can't give you enough uh, credit and thanks for the, for the work that you all do and for uh, being basically at, on call because <laughs> we will text you, we will call you to pretty much 24 seven and you both are very good. Uh, Mr. Hemstreet will answer the phone 3 a.m. He'll wake up and answer the phone and see what you, yes, sir, what, what, how can I help you? Uh, Leo, I've never tried calling at 3 a.m., but he'll get back to me really shortly thereafter uh, if, if he doesn't answer the phone when I call. And if you don't have the answer, you get me the answer or you get us the answer uh, quickly. And I, and I know that all of my colleagues, uh, both on this board and, my, and the former board, uh, would have nothing but what I've said and more uh, about you all to, to give you all uh, praise. And so please, if you wouldn't mind, uh, forward that on to the county staff from me, a uh, personal thank you. I've never dealt with a county staff member that hasn't been helpful, professional, courteous, and, and just great to work with. So thank you for that. And please keep up the good work. Uh, it makes me proud to live in this county knowing that uh, you know the county staff is taking care of the people in this county to the best of their ability under hard search under hard circumstances so many of you are out here tonight uh, many of you are the ones that we normally see but i know that behind each of you are, are many others and so please you as well when you go back to your offices uh, share my thanks it's been amazing to work with you all um, and i know that uh, a lot of times when we ask you to do something it's not really it's not always you, uh, the individuals here in the room tonight that are really doing the work. There's somebody or, or, or a handful of people behind you that are doing a lot of work to get us the answers and the information we need to make decisions, uh, important decisions for the county. So thank you. Um, 
and to my colleagues. Uh, I'm gonna find time if I haven't already to meet with each of you, but it has just been an absolute honor to work with all of my colleagues on this board. And I, Ms. Briskman's not here. We spoke on the phone earlier this evening and uh, she has my number too. You all have my number. Keep in touch, please. Um, if, you wanna, if you wanna hear something funny, give me a call. <laughs> I'll drop the F-bomb and you can laugh. You know, we can reminisce. Um, but seriously, uh, you all are, are, are true professionals as well. I don't think people in the county understand how much work goes into being a board member um, and how much, you know, how much time it actually takes to be a board member and that it's a 24-7 responsibility and that people are constantly contacting you uh, from all kinds of, of methods. And so, and everywhere we go, uh, we're stopped by people on the street, in the grocery store, and uh, it's something about the county and whether it's good or bad, usually happy people don't stop you. It's people who are not, not so happy with something. Uh, but that's an opportunity for us to, to learn something new and maybe focus on fixing it. And oftentimes we're able to do that. So again, uh, I'll find a time to thank you each individually. Um, but thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. And I hope that we all keep in touch. And I wish you all the best in all that you do. And I look forward to following uh, the continued success of the board. And Chair Randall, I, I will probably cry if I get into it uh, right now, so I'm not. Uh, but you and I are friends for life, as you always say. And uh, I know that we will have many, many more conversations and lunch dates and meetings and telephone calls and all of that. And uh, don't worry, Elizabeth, can, can remain in your life. It's okay. <laughs> so I won't take up any more time, but I really am. It's, it's uh, with mixed emotions that I move on. And uh, I've really enjoyed my time here. So thank you all.
No, it won't. <laughs> okay, supervisors, we have um, nominations. I want to remind everyone that the nominations you're making right now are for next term. We won't be voting on them until next term. I want to remind everyone for some positions, there may have to be a vote for next term. Um, and that's okay, that's okay. But you're making these right now for next term. I'm sure at the January meeting, there'll be a lot more nominations. If we have a committee that is going to be meeting between our first meeting in January and our second meeting in January, if you make those nominations in January, we can suspend the rules and approve them at that time. Um, but right now we're making them for, next, for the next term. So if you have nominations, please put your lights on. Mr. Um, Letourneau. Chair Randall. Yes. May I just make a correction yeah. for the record? So for the nominations item, last meeting, the board made a nomination for the Nova, for Nova Parks, for the Nova Parks. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I told Caleb that already. Okay, so that, that, so there are no vacancies on the Nova Parks board. I don't know, there, did I say it wrong? Did well, we, he I thought mean, you said it wrong. You, oh, okay. You, 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 what, what was, down, was right. correct, we recorded it incorrectly, so that's okay. my fault. So the Nova Parks board, position is filled. There is a vacancy, as I understand it, for the pros board. Yeah, so that is the correction. And he was unclear. He, he, I know he wanted Nova Parks, thought you said the pros board, and just wasn't sure which, which one it was. You're so, saying there is no vacancy. But there's no vacancy in Nova Parks. Parks. It, you, it was clarified on the record. So the Nova Parks nomination was made correctly. We just in the paperwork we sent out, it was reflected oh. incorrectly. So the Nova Parks Board slot is with the nomination of, uh, I believe, Mr. Bonfils, the Pro right. Board yes. has a vacancy. Yes. So I just want to make that correction to the paperwork that you have in front of you. Yes. Yes. So, Madam Chair. Yes. Is there any is there any correction that I need to make, or is everything good? There is no correction Thank that you. the board needs to make. I just wanted to make sure that I reported that out to the board. We will issue a corrected action report uh, by the end of the week that reflects the correct record. Thank okay. you. Wonderful. All right, Mr. Letourneau. Yeah, let me just ask a question. So Mr. Bonfils was nominated to the Nova Parks Board? That is correct. But there is no vacancy. Exactly. Uh, okay. not, not anymore. He, he was nominated for that vacancy. He filled it. He okay. filled it. So I don't need to nominate him is the bottom line. Right. All right. Okay, I have uh, several I'm making this evening, starting with I nominate Madhava Madaretti for reappointment as the Dulles District Representative on the Planning Commission. I nominate Samia Barher for reappointment as the Dulles District Representative on the Commission on Aging. I nominate William Wilkin for reappointment as the Dulles District Representative on the Heritage Commission. I nominate Kristen Reed for reappointment as the Dulles District Representative on the Parks, Recreation, and Open Space Board. I nominate Mita Mathur for reappointment as an at-large representative on the Art Advisory Committee. I'm not sure if anyone made this one previously, but I nominate Michael Capretti for reappointment as an at-large representative on the Fiscal Impact Committee. I nominate Mark Walker for reappointment as an at-large representative on the Fiscal Impact Committee. I nominate Kirk Myers as an at-large representative on the Fiscal Impact Committee. I nominate Jack Vega as an at-large representative on the Loudoun Water Board, and I nominate Robert Folick, uh, Fiolik as an at-large representative on the Loudoun Water Board. Thank you. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Capretti had requested that Mr. Letourneau make the thick recommendation, but it's been made, so okay. Mr. Turner? Oh, sorry. Yep, it's, it's fine. I'm happy to. No, it's fine. 
That's yeah, fine. It's fine, as long as it's made. Ms. Umstead. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I nominate uh, Anthony Fasolo for reappointment to the Commission on Aging. <clears throat> I nominate Lauren Chernoff for reappointment to the Advisory Commission on Youth. I nominate Raymond Del Pesh for reappointment to the Transit Advisory Board. I nominate Maggie Steinhilper for reappointment to the Animal Advisory Committee. I nominate Brody McCray for reappointment to the Parks, Recreation, and Open Space Board. And I uh, nominate Ad Barnes for reappointment to the Planning Commission. And uh, given that uh, the county's representative on the uh, Leesburg Executive Airport Commission has tendered his resignation by email, Jonathan Corcoran, I nominate uh, Bruce Roberts to serve as the county's liaison to the Leesburg Executive Airport Commission. Thank you. Ms. Glass. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I nominate Tracy Steffick for reappointment as the Broad Run District Representative on the Advisory Commission on Youth. I nominate Michael McCullion for reappointment as the Broad Run District Representative on the Animal Advisory Committee. I nominate Robin Burke for appointment as the Broad Run District Representative on the Commission on Aging. I nominate Greg Stone for appointment as the Broad Run District Representative on the Communications Commission. I nominate Derek Donato DiDonato for appointment as an at-large representative on the Facility Standards Manual Public Review Committee. I nominate Eric Dickman for reappointment as a developer representative on the Fiscal Impact Committee. I, rep I nominate John Gravine for reappointment as an at-large representative. Did I say that one already? No, um, as an at-large representative on the Fiscal Impact Committee. I nominate Bridget Robertson for appointment as the Loudoun County Representative on the Health Systems Agency of Northern Virginia. And I nominate Angeline Siriscar for reappointment as an at-large representative on the Loudoun Water Board. Thank you, Mr. Kirshner. Thank you, Madam Chair. My first um, nomination tonight will be uh, Mr. Mark Miller coming back as Mike Atocton Planning Commissioner. I would also nominate uh, Tolga Baki to the REDC as limited farm brewery representative. I would also nominate uh, Katie Gordon as the Catoctin representative on the library board of trustees. Um, I, I think I, I was not paying attention, but I think Mr. Letourneau, you nominate Mr. Fullock and Vega, is that correct? Okay, I had them on my list, but thank you. Um, that's all I have. Thank you. M uh, Mr. Turner, you don't have any? Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I nominate Ronald Wentz to the Animal Advisory Committee to fill the Ashburn District seat. I nominate James Paravecchio to the Community Service Board to fill an at-large seat. I nominate Faith Benjamin to the Commission on Aging to fill the Ashburn District seat. I nominate uh, Krishna K. Paturi to the Facility Standards Manual Public Review Committee to fill an at-large seat. Uh, I nominate Matthew Leslie to the Fiscal Impact Committee to fill an at-large seat. I nominate Roy Barnett to the Fiscal Impact Committee to fill an at-large seat. And as I'm mentioning these, I'm wondering, have we appointed more people than there are seats? It doesn't matter because these are nominations. There will be votes. Okay. Um, and then uh, I just mentioned Roy Barnett, correct? I nominated mm -hmm. Roy Barnett. You did. And I nominate Eric Coombs to the Planning Commission to fill the Ashburn District seat. Thank you. Mr. Uh, Saints. 
Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, point of clarification, Mr. Turner, you nominated Mr. Leslie for which position? Mr. Who? Leslie, Matt Leslie. Oh, to the Fiscal Impact Committee. Fiscal, oh, fiscal. okay. I'm nominating Matt Leslie to the FSM uh, board. I renominate Jason Kennedy as a Sterling District Representative on the Communications Commission. I renominate Amanda Folk as a Sterling District Representative on the Parks, Recreation, and Open Space Board. I renominate Donna Bohannon as the Sterling District Rep Representative on the Heritage Commission. I nominate Peyton Stone as an at-large representative on the Fiscal Standards Manual uh, Public Review Committee. And I renominate uh, D. Kim Price for the Sterling seat on the Commission of Aging. Thank you. Um, yeah, just to be clear, supervisors, these are for next year, and so if there's more than if there's more nominations made than positions, then we will take a vote. And what we would do next time is we would have nominations first, and then we would look at the board and see which which ones need to take a vote. So even if you make the nomination in January, your person will still be able to be voted on if there's more than one position. I mean, if there's more. If we have more positions and openings, you can make it next time and your person can still be voted on at that time, okay? So um, I nominate Beth Erickson for the Heritage Commission. Um, I nominate Maureen Robinsons for AIDWAB, and I am proud to nominate Dale Poland-Myers as my planning commissioner. Anything else? All right, let's go to um, board comments. Um, uh, more comments, Ms. Umstadt. Thank you, Madam Chair. <clears throat> um, for disclosures on December 11th, I met with Chief Pearsall of the Philemont Volunteer Fire Department. On December 15th, I met with Mike Romeo on the Sheets Station proposed for Cross Trail Boulevard. On December 15th, I met with Hobie Mitchell, Aaron Swisshelm, and Randy Minchu on the village at Clear Springs. That is it for disclosures. I want to thank Chabad for putting together the menorah lighting down at One Loudon. They did a very nice job. We had the governor and the lieutenant governor, um, and then um, a survivor of the Holocaust, Mr. Mandel, who gave a very moving speech. Um, that event was attended by both uh, Supervisor Glass and Chair Randall. Um, and Mr. Mandel said he feels he needs to come out and speak about uh, the Holocaust because there are a dwindling number of Holocaust survivors left to do so. Um, I would like to thank the folks in Leesburg for a great Christmas and holiday parade. Um, it was packed. Uh, we had a tremendous number of floats, and I gave away all of the Costco candy that I had. I uh, would like to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Turner. Thank you, Madam Chair. I have one disclosure. On Monday, December 18th, my staff and I met with Aaron Sosom from Los Calucci, Lester Atkins from Wells & Associates, David Fielder from Vitesco Technologies, Ryan David from Urban LTD, and Ron Meyer from RMA LLC to discuss the application for Belmont Innovation Campus 
Just one quick comment. Uh, my staff and I, um, over the course of the last two or three months, have really dug into um, the uh, power constraints in Loudoun County surrounding the data center industry and have found quite a bit of data on that. I'll be contacting each of my colleagues to have just a private uh, presentation of the <coughs> data that we found and kind of discuss the findings so that everybody has the same information. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Um, Mr. Letourneau. Thank you, Madam Chair. By way of disclosures, on November 30th, I met with Roy Barnett and Denise Harover to discuss several items uh, from Van Meter and received an update on the application Stone Ridge Section 40, which is Legi 2023-0042. Um, I do want to give a regional update, as I'm sure most of you saw um, at Metro, we, uh, the general manager, um, made a budget presentation for his proposed FY24 budget. Uh, this budget uh, projects the uh, deficit of $750 million, um, assuming that there is no additional funding coming. Um, we are required to begin this process now because uh, we cannot assume that there will be more money coming, although I am very hopeful um, and I believe that there will be. Um, we have a specific process we have to follow, particularly as it relates to our collective bargaining and uh, the unfortunate uh, layoff notices that are going to be going out to employees, about 2,700 or so employees uh, in the coming days, um, which would ultimately take effect in July if we aren't able to avoid our, our fiscal uh, issues. Um, there are quite a few proposals in that budget. It, is not, it was not a fun budget to, to work on. Um, including some station closures, which would affect the Silver Line, uh, certainly decreased service, significant decreased service, uh, much earlier closing uh, hours of operation, all those kinds of things. So, uh, you know, lots of folks in the region have been kind of asking what would happen if, if Metro doesn't get uh, the funding it needs. So the answer is, is that budget proposal. Uh, the good news is we've been working hard with our stakeholders. We're in constant contact with members of the General Assembly. Um, the administration tomorrow will be uh, releasing its budget. I'm not anticipating there being money for Metro in it. Um, however, I certainly think the, the conversation that's occurring in the Commonwealth of Virginia, particularly about the new uh, Potomac Yards Arena, has um, uh, created some significant momentum um, for uh, the need for Metro. <coughs> so we're going to continue to do that work. Um, the board will. Uh, actually make some adjustments to the general manager's proposal and then send that out for public hearing as part of our process and in the meantime be working to hopefully receive more funding. I want to thank uh, Mr. Hemstreet who was part of the uh, county administrators group through COG that re uh, issued a report today on Metro, um, on Metro funding. I think it validated um, the numbers and uh, reiterated uh, the need for uh, additional funding. So. Uh, that was a, a positive contribution to the to the discussion. Uh, anyway, so that's uh, that's on Metro. Uh, otherwise, I just wanted to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Um, uh, we've had a very uh, very busy term. Uh, you know, it's 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 easy to forget when we started in 2020. We almost immediately were in into that pandemic. Um, I would be remiss, you know, without noting. Obviously, for me, you know, nine months into that term, I had a pretty significant injury. Um, that deeply affected me, and, and I really want to thank everybody for, for helping me through that. Um, and just thank everybody individually and, and as a group for, um, I think, a productive term. We had our, our share of ups and downs. We had things we agreed on and things we didn't agree on. But, you know, we're here. 
Um, we're celebrating one of our colleagues who's, who's leaving us, but uh, you know, with smiles because of his uh, incredible legacy with us. And uh, I appreciate uh, all the work and all the collaboration and um, grateful to the voters of the Dulles District for allowing me to continue to do this job and looking forward to working with everybody in the next term. So let me um, ask you a couple of, so <clears throat> we, all, we all did follow the Potomac Yard discussion. And I, if I'm not mistaken, is Potomac Yard not on the list of one of the stations that could close? We did not issue such a list. However, the general manager said that the proposed formula that he would recommend would be the lowest 10 stations with no two stations mm -hmm. together. And if you were to look at that criteria, Potomac Yard would be on that. Is there any way in, in heaven that what was what is being proposed Possibly, and I, I don't know that it's a done deal yet, but I think it's what is being proposed could happen without the Potomac Yard Station, one, not being kept, and two, being expanded and the road system around to be, being expanded. So I think um, what, what Metro has said is that the existing configuration of the station would not be sufficient yeah, to, right. to handle the type of crowds that you would get with a arena. Yeah. Um, exactly how that gets worked out, I presume that would be part of the discussion and package that the Commonwealth is working on with the city and, and with the legislature, but um, our position would be that would need to be fixed. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it, 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 it would. It absolutely would. And I think that it would be it would behoove us all to be really aware to jump on whatever happens at the General Assembly about around Metro, because something has to happen at the General Assembly around Metro. If they sit this out for a year, then, you know, I, I we, we have no idea what's going to happen with with that whole deal if they sit it out for a whole year. I don't think they can. So, all right, thank you. Um, Mr. Glass. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, one disclosure, on Tuesday, December 12th, I met with representatives for the Tillis View rezoning application. Um, I just want to, um, you know, actually give a shout out to um, my staff um, this term, I just want to thank them for all of the hard work that they do. You know, we all talk about our staff and think that they're the best. I think, <laughs> I think my staff is the best. But, um, you know, thank you all for, for what you do, and I really look forward to the next term of working with you all. I just also want to give a shout out to Chair Randall. Um, Chair Randall has been a a wonderful person to work with. She uh, was actually one of the people that I had first spoken with um, regarding running for office, and that was a number of years ago. And um, she was gracious and kind enough to um, uh, meet me at Starbucks, and we had a conversation there and, and talked. And um, and then, you know, I, I think I would ask. I was asking about running for school board, um, but then I, um, I, you know, changed my mind and said that I, you know I think I want to run for um, board of supervisors. And you have just been just a wonderful person um, that had helped me out. And I, I talked about D Tony, who was um, one of the people who had um, talked about me not using my notes um, as well. But I, it, it was also Chair Randall who would um, say, you know, when you're talking from the heart, people listen. And so that's when I decided, and I told my staff, 
don't give me so many notes. Let me go ahead and try to, uh, you know, just look at the, you know, the one line and, and have the discussion with, um, with my constituents, with the community um, regarding what's going on in Broad Run. And I also want to thank uh, my constituents for voting me in, and I really look forward to working with you all um, in the next term. We're going to miss you, Tony. And I, I am going to give you a call because I probably will, you know, need some, I won't say the F word, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> need some, some conversation and some, some uh, comedy around. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, Mr. Turner. I'm sorry, Mr. Um, Mr. Who's left? Mr. Kirshner. Glad I wasn't forgotten. Thank <laughs> you. Um, I don't really have any news from Catoctin. Hopefully coming next year, I will periodically share. My goal during our board comments is to periodically share some interesting historic tidbits, perhaps even more about Western Loudoun and some things that we are that we kind of forget because uh, I think it's helpful. Um, I do want to first, uh, as we close out the year, I do want to thank all the residents of Catoctin for reelecting me and um, putting your trust in me. I, I really hope I am up to the task. I plan to be. We're going to work really hard. We got a big zoning uh, ordinance rewrite uh, ZOAM to do for the the rural policy area, and so that's going to be a heavy lift come this first year along with an, a number of other different things. Um, I want to say uh, thank you to, it's kind of the Christmas time, so first of all, I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, if I don't forget to do that at the end of this. Um, enjoy your families. We'll have a little time off. Everyone in the county, everyone's sitting up here. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a re, for me, it's a refreshing time. It's a time of reflection and a time that uh, is really important, especially when you have 11, uh, or six boys in the house, 11 and under. Um, it's a little chaotic at times. We're going to have two Christmases this year. I've got all my wife's family coming on Christmas Day and then all my family coming the day after, along with my mom's 27 grandkids. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I, I, uh, we, the, the Christmas season is also fun because we get to participate in a lot. So the last week or so, I've been to a lot of different events. Uh, I got to go to the Percival Business Association's um, annual Christmas dinner, which was great. Mr. Buffington was going to come and receive an award. Um, he couldn't because he was giving an award to someone else, his sacrifice that he does. So I took the award for him. It was all good. Did you ever give it back to him? <laughs> I got a picture of it. Did you, ever give, did you give it back to him? Um, I haven't yet, but uh, I think <laughs> it didn't involve anything monetary, so I was a little disappointed. But otherwise, it was awesome. Um, got to visit the Lovettsville Rotans at their Christmas uh, gathering, which was really great. Um, been there a couple of times. A lot of good folks doing a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, did I say Lovettsville? I mean Luckett's. Doing a lot of things up there in Luckett's and really hardworking group. Got to participate and uh, be part of, well, I, we went and watched this time. Oftentimes I'm in the parade, but the the uh, Christmas parade in Percival, which is great. If you've never participated or gone to watch any of the Christmas parades, it's a lot of fun. I'll, a lot of the old horses come out with their their bells on, and it's very festive. And um, if, you, if you haven't, you should do it one of these years. So that was great. I want to kind of close this year, first of all, at the end of our first term, by just thanking. There's so many people to thank, but you guys have all been incredibly welcoming. Um, I've had a great experience on the board. I'm looking forward to these second couple of years. 
to Mr. Hemstreet and your staff, to Mr. Rogers and your staff, to all my colleagues who are sitting up here. Um, we disagree oftentimes. Um, once in a while, I'm the black sheep uh, up here, but that's okay. Um, but we often collaborate and we're often able to get a lot of great things done. And I appreciate all your assistance, your care, your concern, um, um, your vigorous discussion. It means a lot to me. And I think it's really, in a lot of ways, a democracy is supposed to work. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate all your friendships and I'm very happy about it. I want to thank my staff. I've had the same three staff members with me since the very beginning. Um, they're coming back. Um, thanks to this board for giving us a little bit of extra money giving them little raises and getting some more folks in because we had a lot to do in Western Loudoun. Jonathan Bales um, does all the writing. He does my newsletter, um, does some of my constituent work, but I get more comments about my newsletter than anything else. People love it. Um, they really appreciate it. Jonathan, thank you for all your work there. Arlay Harris does all my constituent work in large part, and um, she has really upped the, uh, I think, the performance in my office since she came on, and I get a lot of great comments about how she's on things. And of course, Stacy Carey, many of you know for a long time, so thank you to the three of you for all that you do, and I greatly appreciate it. And um, that's really all I wanted to share from Catoctin and from the Catoctin seat. Um, the, junior, the junior Western Loudon supervisor, once again, will miss the senior Western Loudon supervisor. As he so thank you. Thank you. Likewise. I'm the senior Western Loudon supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chairman, turn your light off, please. Mr. Le Mr. Uh, Buffington. <laughs> Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, no required disclosures. And uh, earlier this evening, uh, I, I gave a long sort of speech <laughs> to thank a lot of people. Um, but one group of people that I didn't thank earlier was the constituents and the people of Loudoun County, um, primarily, and especially my constituents, but all the people of Loudoun County. Uh, I just want to thank you for giving us all the opportunity to serve, uh, no matter who you voted for, um, whoever ended up serving you um, for the last eight years and, and, you know, since the beginning of time, really, whenever we started this government, 1757. Um, uh, it really is an honor to be in this position to serve the people of Loudoun County and to know uh, that at some point you made a difference with some of the decisions you made. Uh, and to learn learn so much about this county just through being in this position. Uh, thank you for that opportunity. It has been a pleasure to serve you. Um, and I wish this board and all future boards uh, all of the best. And I look forward to watching this board's continued success in the next board and so on. So thank you again. Thank you. Vice Chair Saints. Well, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, no mandatory disclosures. I'll just say thank you to the two gentlemen that came and spoke, as I always do. Thank you for coming to speak and, uh, you know, speak and speak your piece. You always could be anywhere, but you chose to be with us and say what's near and dear to your heart. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that, as always. Um, this board term has been full of ups and downs. We started uh, fresh, happy, and then uh, next thing we know, um, our, our lives our lives changed. Our, yeah, we were less than well, we were, we were fresh, but you know we were fresh at home because our, our lives our lives changed. We had a, we 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 overcome a hundred year pandemic with all of us, um, and that actually 
uh, stop the growth and development and the congeniality of this board meshing for a period of time because we were all remote, you know, um, over Zoom and Microsoft Teams or whatever system they had us use every five seconds. It seems like we're switching, you know, via phone calls. Obviously, we definitely use our phone, phones a lot during that period of time, but we overcame that with uh, with staff help and, and guidance and through the guidance of ourselves as well. And, you know, we, we should all take note of that. That was a very serious time. Um, we all made it through. I don't know, you know, some some from some family members didn't make it through, possibly, or friends or loved ones that you might know. I think we all were affected in in various ways during that uh, period of time, but we made it through, and here we are uh, today. We still accomplished a lot uh, on this board. We're, as Mr. Hemstry likes to say, we are a very active board, and that is very very true uh, in many ways from a lot of uh, BMIs, you know, for issues that are near and dear to your heart and your constituents in your own districts to. Um, we just you know, went over strategic initiatives earlier in the meeting, but uh, we accomplished a lot. Um, and that's something to be proud of and, and hang, hang our hats on. Um, so, so job well done, colleagues. Um, to my staff, we had a little bit of a uh, 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 changeover. Omar Masood, who was with me, um, I think in the middle of my first term, um, I think altogether five years, he left um, in September, October time frame, and then... Um, I had a, made an arrangement with Mr. Buffington uh, to to have Christy Maple help help me, especially during the the Zora process. And during that process, we uh, came to understanding. I think it worked well. So she's going to stay on and become my chief aide uh, in my office, starting effective. Well, might as well just say now, but effective, true, true, effective January first with uh, Tiani. So thank you to my staff and Omar. Um, I'll even name the, the others who have helped me over the years, Abby Carter, Matt Leslie, Jackie Pujo, Omar, Tiani, and now Christy. You guys have done a bang-up job day in and day out. We would not been able to do a lot of the things in Sterling if it was not for you. So I really appreciate you and all your efforts and, and help. Um, and I'll just say I'm looking forward to to the time with, uh, with friends and family in the next coming weeks. We regroup, refocus, and we'll be back at it in, in the new year in 2024. I'm honored to be doing this this, uh, this service. Our, our jobs are our board of supervisors. Yes, we do supervise a lot of things, but I always feel that the title is not correct. We are, to me, we're, we're advocates. Uh, we advocate for our, our constituents in our districts every single day, advocate down at the General Assembly level to our, 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 our colleagues down there, and we advocate up to the on Capitol Hill as well. So we do a lot of advocating. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's why I think the job should be advocates. But but uh, but I, I'm thankful to be here, honored uh, and blessed uh, to do this job and to be here with all of you guys and, and be with uh, the new group coming in in 2024. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be back at it and we'll see you in, uh, in a few weeks and see you in the new year. So thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sains. On Thursday, December 14th, my staff met with the applicants for Cool Springs for the upcoming application that we will, be, we will see early next year. Um, so I also want to thank my staff. Um, I know my staff has a very, very tough job. It's, you know, being, being the chair of the county means everything in the county comes, comes, at, comes to you. And people think, and I should just clear this up, that I'm y'all's bosses. I am not your bosses, right? So whenever something happens and people don't like what you said to them, like, you know, they, if they didn't like the answer, they get a hold of me. And I'm like, why, why are you, why are you cut? Before you come back to, I don't know why I'm looking at you because you're looking back at me. <laughs> but, um, but my staff does a, a very good job. So thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. 
Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you, Justin, and everybody who's been on my staff. I want to do. I want to take a moment and say to Mr. Sainz, thank you for being vice chair. Um, vice chair can be a very, very tough job because you never know when you're going to be called on to jump into action, and sometimes you just don't expect it to get a phone call that says you're chairing the meeting tonight. Go. Um, you've been a great vice chair, and and I know. Um, you know, you and I talked about giving other people the opportunity to kind of grow in their talents um, and in their skills. And I've been asked more than once, like, why isn't Karan going to be vice chair? I, and I said, because, you know, he and I know that, you know, especially with the job that you do, that it's important to give people another chance to another, a chance to grow in their skills. Um, but thank you for being my vice chair. I appreciate it very much. Um, to my colleagues, this is an this this job is both incredibly rewarding and and can be very difficult. Um, tonight, Miss uh, Miss Biberai um, quoted from the poem "A Man in the, the Man in the Arena," which I'm not a poetry person, but I I do love that poem from Roosevelt. Um, sometimes, you know, I read comments about us, and I think, who are they talking about? How they ever even met us before? And and of course, oftentimes the comments are from pseudonyms, not even real names, and you know, on a on a on a a, a social media page, you know, not even with attribution. And I think, well, you know what, that's okay because Mr. Kirshner is right, that is what democracy is all about. People can say what they want to say, but at some point you also have to, as, as, a, as a person who I consider a friend told me one time, you have to know who you are. And when you know who you are, um, no matter what is said about you, you can, you, you can make it through because you know that you are not the things that are being said and you know who you are. So I appreciate the service of each and every one of you and I know that it is not, not easy service. I want to thank also the security staff in this building. Um, you know, there are times we get some pretty ugly emails or pretty ugly things might happen and, and you know, it's important to be able to feel safe when you walk into the building, and we have, um, you know, a great team out there who, um, who I know that something's probably happened in the hallway that we never even know about because they take care of it out in the hallway. So I want to thank the security team that's out there. Um, uh, through through so many of the processes that we did this year, I want to, you know, I want to say that we were the first county to do a, a, a hybrid virtual in-person meeting and the only county that not did not leave the dais. All of our windows stayed open and we, we, we had somebody on this dais every single meeting during COVID and that is because of the work of Leah Rogers, Tim Hemstreet and the county staff. Mr. Turner, I would not have gotten through Zora without you. It would have been absolutely impossible and Zora was a very, very heavy, heavy, heavy lift. Um, Mr. Kirshner, I still get asked, are, are we friends? And I, now I just now I just go, I don't even know that guy. I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know who that is. Um, <laughs> I don't even know that guy. Um, so for all of you all up here, Mr. Le, Mr. Letourneau, you know, you've gone for like six months without having to go to the hospital. It's amazing. Just keep up the good work, man. Keep up the good work. <laughs> It's a great job, Miss <laughs> um, Glass. Your your calm um, uh, class is is always so encouraging. Um, I also want to tell everybody that when Mr. Sains, Mr. Le, Mr. Sains, Mr. Buffington, Miss Umstead, and who else came on the board with us? Mr. Oh, Mr. Meyer came to the board, the, the two parties were doing installation separately. They have Republicans and Democrats get installed separately. And I thought that was ridiculous. And I called people and for the first time ever in 2016, 
uh, the Democrats and Republicans got installed together. Well, this time, we're going to go one step further. Democrats, Republicans, independents, everyone, school board and board of supervisors will have an installation together on January 6th, and everyone is invited to be there, so please um, come. And we will have a gala that evening, and the only requirement for the gala is that you come and you have a good time, and that Mr. Buffington knows how to wobble. That's it. That's all I got. Um, um, it's at the Holiday Inn um, in Sterling. Both events, I'm sorry, I'm a little over time. Both events, the installation starts at 10 a.m. The gala, which is semi-formal, um, starts at 6.30 and goes, thank you, 6.30 and goes to 10. So all are welcomed, and we're looking forward to forward to, forward to the first joint installation. It's going to be fun. So thank you, everyone. Okay, we're going to stay on this day because we don't have that much more to do. In fact, I think we only have one more thing to do, am I right? And that's because Mr. Sainz insisted, insisted on, <laughs> uh, and I mean insisted, yeah, on doing a reconsideration, even though I had to talk Mr. Mr. Turner out of his because we were going to be here all night, but Mr. Sainz insisted, Mr. Turner, so my apologies. So Mr. Mr. Sainz has a reconsideration for uh, number six. Um, were you just not here when we did this? Were you no, not? I was. Uh, I can. Okay, we want to make, make a motion to reconsider? Yes. I move to reconsider the motion passed for the Muddy Branch flood study, flooding study at the December 5th, 2023 Board of Supervisors business meeting. For purpose of discussion, because I want to know why we're considering it, I will second that. So, thank you. The staff made a did a study, did a recommendation. The recommendation, during the study, they recommended uh, a few, how can I say? improvements that possibly could be made to relieve flooding in the Sterling area off of um, uh, Old Church Road and a few other locations. However, they noted that the, the study, the, the improvements were going to be costly, number one, and secondly, possibly would not uh, relieve that much flooding if done. But after uh, talk with staff and, and my, my, my staff, I feel that um, I would like to direct staff to look at one of the projects they identified, um, and I've reviewed this with staff, and they feel that this is something that might relieve uh, some of the pressure of the flooding in, in this area. Um, if you looked at the, the pictures- Whoa, 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 this is just a reconsideration, so mm -hmm. did you say enough to, for us to reconsider? You can, you oh, can do oh, all this okay, in your okay, opening. Uh, yeah, I think okay. so. <laughs> You can tell this in your opening. So the motion to reconsider was made by Mr. Sainz. I second the motion to reconsider. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? That motion will pass 801. Okay, would you like to make the motion? I uh, move the Board of Supervisors approve the November 14, 2023 recommendation of the Finance, Government, Operations, and Economic Development Committee to recommend that the Board of Supervisors direct staff to proceed with the channel and stormwater structure maintenance options identified in the Muddy Branch uh, drainage study and, not, and not, to not pursue implementation of proposed projects one, two, and three as identified and evaluated in the study, provided as attachment one of the December 5th, 2023 Board of Supervisors business meeting action item. And I further move that the Board of Supervisors direct staff to research the scope, schedule, cost, and proposed funding source to implement the uh, BMP project number four cons is consisting of a dry pond adjacent to East Beach Road and report back to the board for direction and authorization to proceed with the project. Um, um, motion main second by Supervisor Glass. Mr. Sane. Uh, thank you. So as I was saying, um, so staff did a great job with this study. 
they came up with actually some solutions. Some of them are a little bit pricey. And they said, yes, that some of this might not give that much relief to uh, the flooding that is going on in this this area. But after review and rethinking some things and talking to staff again, I feel that um, we still need to try to do something. So I asked staff to go back, look look at the different project recommendations. Is there one that we feel might uh, relieve a little bit of the pressure from the flooding uh, in this area and not be too costly as, as some of the others, some of the projects that they identified were. So they went back and looked at it. We had a meeting and we say project four, which is the dry pond, would be the best option to continue to review and see if this is uh, uh, something to, worth uh, looking at. So that's why I'm bringing back this reconsideration, because uh, if you look at the, the packet from December 4th, you know, this area has been hit with flooding uh, numerous times. Thankfully, no property, uh, no house has been damaged, no lives impacted. However, it's still very, very discouraging to see the pictures and the video when you look at the area that's been flooding uh, a few times now over the last few years. So I just want to give this one last look at to see if there's any way we can solve this issue uh, and for, the, for these neighbors in my, in my area, residents in my area, excuse me. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Zanes. Anybody else? Since I'll support the motion, but I, 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 because I don't, because you're having a study done, I'll support the motion. I really haven't studied what you just said, and so I'm just gonna, I'm going to, you know, it's you and it's Sterling, and I know how hard you're working, Sterling, and how much you know you know about Sterling, and and, and so I'm going to support the motion, and then maybe, um, and because it's a study, and but but I'll go do some real research on it later on. Okay, all right, all in favor, say aye. Aye. Any opposed? That motion will pass eight zero one. Okay, before we leave, Mr. Turner, did you have you, you forgot you forgot a few? I, did. I forgot three nominations very quickly. I nominate Brandon Farrell to the fiscal to the uh, facility standards manual board. Uh, nominate Angela Rassis to the facility standards manual board, and I nominate Keith Simpson to the facility standards manual board. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I also want to, I, I believe you, I also want to remind everyone that please, on the next day or so, um, if you're not here tomorrow or over the week, or, or if you're not here the, for the rest of the week, do it tonight. Um, please make sure you take all of your stuff off the dais because the dais will be, something will happen to the dais <laughs> while we are gone. And so please make sure everything that you want to have off the dais is off the dais. You can absolutely put them in the little cubbies, they said. Um, but take them, take them out. If you're not going to be here, I mean, I'll be here tomorrow. But otherwise, take them off the dais. Um, the one people I did forget to absolutely think is the, are the, and I don't know if the term is, the t- correct term are the clerks, the people who sit here with us and um, absolutely jazz hands that and run run the clock and call on people. And I know you have a lot of interaction with the public over there sometime, public who's not really in great moods when they come in to get information from you all. You do a great job. You do. You are public service and you do a great job. And it's kind of funny when the clock, clock doesn't start because the only person who ever kind of says, my clock didn't start is Matt, every, Ms. O'Turner. Everybody else just lets the clock go until I catch it and talks and talks and talks. <laughs> so you guys do a great job with that. So thank you to all the people who sit here in the room with us. Supervisors, for the last time this term, uh, Mr. Buffington sitting next to me. Mr. Buffington, you want to call us adjourned? Uh, no. Actually, recess us. Uh, well, I think we're continuing the meeting to yeah, the we're gonna go, Yeah, so we're going to... Well, 
Do we recess or just continue We're the continuing meeting? Continuing the meeting continuing to, to the, the Dulles room, and then we'll adjourn the from meeting there. from there. Mr. Bifferton, would like that honor the recess the meeting, please? We will continue the meeting into the <laughs> Dulles room, and then recess after that. We adjourn from uh, there. Adjourn from there. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's fun, huh? Thank you, Mr.